Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The scenario is Mr. Corbett. It was written by Michael DeWolf and appears in Mansions of Madness. I'm the GM, and this is episode four. Our recap will be given by Oren Meyer as his character, Officer Andy Anderson. So without any further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. Oren? I keep coming to this dang basket. It hints at more. What secrets has it about my neighbor, Mr. Corbett? I keep telling myself nothing, but my gut keeps on giving me that sour twinge. Several days before, my life was so much simpler. After a wonderful July 4th with my neighbors, the Grants, um, Janet, Claire, and Frank, I had come to a decision of going after my suspect for the Jackal case, Tamazuski, hard. I brought my partner in, a schoolboy chum officer, Dave Whitethorn, to help me start putting pressure on Tamazuski. We decided to monitor the suspect and also check out his locker at the hospital. Fortunately, I know the security chief there, so Dave and I had the green light to check it out. What we found was a pendant with a five-pointed star with a goat head and strange writing. I suspected that Tomaszewski may belong to some satanic cult or witch coven, which are known for animal sacrifices. Dave and I decided we definitely needed to start following the suspect after which I finished my work day at the department. After work, I headed downtown and I met Frank and Claire on the street, or Clark on the street. I felt like a cup of joe and a slice of Maybell's raspberry pie. So I convinced my two neighbors to join me at the diner. While there, I had Frank check out the pendant. As I know, he studies the occult as a hobby. Maybe he could give me some insight what we found. Frank determined it was definitely a symbol of Satan and often worn by those who worship on him. Bingo. About this time, both Claire and Janet showed up and we decided to all chatting over pie and coffee. 20 minutes later, Tamazuski walks by the diner. Impronto decided to follow the suspect and was able to excuse myself from the group and started to follow him carefully. I followed him for several blocks when he turned and I quickly ducked behind a storefront opening. He seemed to have seen something and got spooked and then ran. I turned to see what he had seen there about a block away. And there was Frank, Grant, Janet, and Claire obviously following me and Tomaszewski. I must have not been convincing in my excuses and they decided to follow me. I decided to stop playing footsie with this perp. Dave and I would confront him at the hospital tomorrow. I rang up Dave the next morning and we went to confront Tomaszewski at the hospital. The security chief told us our suspect was in the locker room taking a shower. I had Dave block the only exit out of the locker room and I saw Tomaszewski at his locker and I decided to apply pressure to him. I barely started in on him when he got this crazed look in his eyes 
and bolted. Um, I tried to grab him, and then he slipped and crack. Um, and he was no more. And it headed and it hit the um, side of the shower um, inset. <sighs> he was dead on impact. Later, after making reports on what happened, Dave and I quickly went at Tomaszewski's apartment and was greeted by stench and a mess. There would be best described an altar table of satanic idols and objects and in the fridge, meat of dead animals. My gut was right. We had the jackal. Oh, it would have been fine if it had stopped right there. But no. My eyes turn along that cluttered, stained kitchen table and upon it was a basket of vegetables. Exactly like the basket of vegetables Mr. Corbett gave me several days before, down to the very vegetables. I should be happy. The chief has given me a promotion. Dave has been taken off a motorcycle patrol, and even the mayor gave me a mayor gave me a call, giving me thanks personally. But when I got home to my house and go into the kitchen to make dinner, I see the basket. My gut is giving me that sour twinge, and I know I will not rest until I found out why one of Mr. Corbett's baskets of vegetables was in the Jackal's apartment. Excellent. All right. Um, so it's about 6 p.m. then on Friday, July 6, 1923. Um, Officer Andy is in his kitchen, as he just said, um, and uh, Dr. Clara, what are you up to? Um, if it's 6 p.m., it's probably about dinner time at my house, so bustling around the kitchen, getting things ready. Okay. Um, Janet? I'm over at Clark's house, uh, you know, having dinner over there. Okay. Um, Frank, what are you up to? Most likely having my dinner out on the front porch um, along with a uh, pretty big glass of cognac or <laughs> scotch by me as I'm eyeballing up down the street by Corbett's place. And Clark, uh, Janet's over. What are you up to? Yeah, um, I, Michelle, my wife's preparing dinner. I'm just getting home from work and uh, very happy to see my sister over. Okay. Oh, what a day. Hey, Janet. And Officer Andy, um, what do you want to do? Uh, well, after... Literally tossing the basket of vegetables in the garbage. Um, um, I decide that um, I'm going to um, kind of take down some, I'm going to start keeping an eye on Mr. Corbett's place. Um, 
try to do it subtly. I think I probably have a pair of binoculars. I'm going to be keeping an eye out. Um, I'm also going to give a phone call to Janet. Okay. You called Janet's house, but she's not home. Oh, um, wow. Um, you figure she probably is at somebody's house. All right. Well, um, I think I will... Um, I'll go to, um, I'll see if um, Dr. Shaw is in Clara. Are you calling or are you just dropping calling. away? Yeah, I'm calling. Hey, Andy, how's it going? Hey, um, Claire, do you mind if I drop by? I have something to talk to you about. It's, it's just, you know, something's just irritating me and I need to get off my chest. I know that you will at least tell me whether I'm just being silly or not. Yeah, sure. Come on over. Come on. Come on. Have you had dinner yet? We'll fix you a plate. Oh, no, no. I, I, I'll i bring a couple beers and uh, um, uh, sit down on the porch and have a chat. Yeah. So what's going uh, on? Well, uh, before you do that, Frank is on his porch, so he sees um, he sees Andy going over to Claire's. In fact, what's our, I probably our map wave. Like? I forget what our map looks like. Uh, does Andy walk past Frank? Uh, I'm trying Frank, to remember what the map looked like too. Clara. Uh, uh, yes. No, no, he doesn't. But you do see Frank leave. Uh, you do see Andy leave and head towards Clara's. Yeah, we're at the opposite ends of the neighborhood, so right. he's going to have to cross over everybody's. Uh. It would be a long walk, but you'll be passing by everybody's house. So what do you Take want to do? my head and keep drinking. Okay. Um, so, Andy, you arrive at uh, Clara's house. Being a good guest, I enjoy the meal first before unloading anything. Clark and Clark and Janet can also do spot hiddens to see if you notice Andy walk past in front of the house. At 95, I'm enjoying my beverages just a bit much. <laughs> Five, I see everything. Yeah. So you see Andy on his way past. Um, he just looks like he's walking. All right. Oh, look, look, Clark. It looks like Andy is home and out and about. I, I wonder. Oh, that's good. Always keeping in shape with those walks. Feel safe with an officer like him on duty. Andy, you can do a spot hidden to see if you see Janet peeking out the window at you. Actually, I do. Okay, yeah, you see. I had a hard success. Hmm. I'll have to remember that, not answering your phone. So, Andy, you walk on. You come to uh, Dr. Clara's house. Oh, that was a fabulous meal, Dr. Oh, uh, oh, Clara. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Childhood favorite. 
let's let's go let's go have a drink on the porch and talk. You seem distracted this evening. Oh, yes. Um, Clara, I should be happy. I solved the case. Uh, congratulations, by the way. What a what a feather in your cap, Andy. Yeah, I mean, uh, um, I went a little um, wonky at near the end, but you know, I fortunately, we had the right man, and um, but you know, something came up um, that's really bothering me. Um, as um, we had um, found evidence of of dead animals in the um, oh, Perps um, house, the Jackal's house in the fridge. That's so upsetting. But, that, but that's not what bothers me. I mean, you know, I, I normally I get settled. I expected it, I guess, yeah. But as I was looking around the kitchen, right there on the kitchen table was what? one of what? Mr. Corbett's vegetable baskets filled with vegetables. Why would Mr. Corbett have anything to do with a man like that well you know at first i thought it was yeah you know i mean my first thought was that's my basket of vegetables uh you know because it looked you know it was the same vegetable same style of basket i mean exactly almost exactly the same mix of vegetables he had Mm -hmm. given you know me and i'm just i just it's just gnawing at me i mean i'm like going how does Mr. Corbett, is this from Mr. Corbett? I mean, it's it's too much of a coincidence. Um, that is very strange. I, I mean, this man didn't he work at like a hospital or something? Yeah. Well, this guy was all right. He he was a low end um, criminal. I mean, uh, not like connected with the Irish around here or a couple mm-hmm. other groups. This would have been a, a bottom feeder. Yeah, hmm. someone that even they don't look up to. What would Mr. Uh, Corbett want with a man like that? How would well, they even know each other? Well, that's why I thought. And you know, the thing is, the guy did this. This guy that was there had a, a table set up of idols to, you know, uh, some type of satanic worship. Um, hmm. But you know. I was like going, I happen to know that some of these, you know, you know, this area is known for satanic cults and, you know, sure. you know witch covens. And I'm thinking, usually these have more than one member. And I'm like going, you know, how is, you know, Mr. Corbett hooked up with this? I mean, am I crazy? It does well, let, let's just play devil's advocate here for a minute, Andy. I mean, I'm logical. You're logical. Yeah, I we're mean, not, I, we're I not prone like, to flights of fancy, but for a minute, let's just play yeah. devil's advocate. Um, Mr. Corbett travels a lot to the Orient. I've heard of cults out that way. Maybe he was influenced by some of that. We've seen that he enjoys a religious iconography. Perhaps if he were to have be a part of this i i don't necessarily think he is but if he were to be a part of something like this perhaps it was more of an academic interest or something like that i it just seems so unlike him he doesn't even seem particularly religious you know to be honest i i I really don't know that side of him i mean i've always known as just a neighbor he's always been kind of right you know like most of us we don't you know most of us don't know some of our inner workings and 
That's you know, true. And, you know, when I noticed the items on the table, some of them were a little nicer. And then I remembered that, you know, his shop does specialize in, you know, um, you know, idols. I mean, you mentioned mm-hmm. that thing that was in his um greenhouse and right um, and in his a, home he had a he had something in his yeah and i'm wondering maybe the connection is just maybe um tom this uh, tomazuski and maybe some of the other members have purchased some of the items from that's possible that know, is Mr. possible corbett. but why would mr corbett be giving him a basket of vegetables well, exactly is he that and friendly with everyone i don't know and i'm just getting this sour twinge you know that that you know, that gut feeling that something's off. I just don't know what. Well, then what do you think? I agree with you. That is strange. What could we do to... I I just don't like the idea of invading his privacy by entering his home. I know Frank is so gung-ho about that. Yeah. I don't know what we could do to kind of clear his name in our minds that he has nothing to do with this. Well, I'm going to be taking a look later on at Tomaszewski's apartment tomorrow and mm-hmm. see if there's any connections to any sure. other members. That's a good idea. Yeah, I'm going to try to take care of it from that way. But maybe um, um, I know you have a clear head. You know, maybe you could keep an eye on Mr. Corbett, see if you notice anything strange because, you know. Oh, yeah, he's just uh, right next door. Yes, I, yeah. I, I can do that. I mean, do you think we should bring this up to everyone else? I don't know. You know, I'm a little worried about Frank. I mean, he's already um, a little bit off on this, if not a lot. And um, I think this might have him, you know, go a bit too far, if you want. know what I mean. Yeah, while Clark, yeah, I love Clark, but, you know, he sees the good in everybody. And, and I don't think he, and plus he's, you know, try to be real close to Mr. Corbett for years. Mm-hmm. Um, Janet, we might be able to bring in. She hasn't been, uh, not like Frank. I mean, she's been keeping an eye on things, but she keeps an eye on everybody. Oh, she keeps an eye on everybody, though. I don't think she's she might ever be... been. She hasn't gone over across the line or anything like that. I think that's just Janet looking through her curtains, you know. I think it she would let good. us know anyway if she had noticed anything that about is true. Mr. Corbett. That's true. Well, do you think we should we should tell her, you know, maybe another set of eyes on the. Um... Yeah, I think so. I mean, it wouldn't okay. hurt. Um, but you know, she's probably going to tell Clark, though. That's true. The brother <laughs> and sister. I, mean, I don't know if she can keep, you know, you know, loose lips sink ships. Uh, at least that's what they told us during uh, the great one. Um, true. I'm I'm willing to risk it. I mean, okay. if Clark wants to get on my case about it, you know, I can say, well, I'm just using her as extra set eyes. I want to clear. I want to know for sure whether I, you know, that there's nothing there or whether there is. Okay, I think that's yes. I think we can approach this. We can all approach this logically and and intelligently, and not get in acting crazy and over our heads or anything like that. No, exactly. I, I mean, that's why I want to, you know, especially now that, you know, I've gotten this promotion by the chief. Yeah. You know, basically if we have. Congratulations, by the way, that's good for you. Yeah. Well, I'm just happy that my friend Dave finally got off a of motorcycle duty. <laughs> I know he is. 
All right. Well, thanks, Claire. Of course. Of course. Anytime, Andy. Anytime. Uh, Janet and Clark, uh, what do you do when you see Officer Andy going over to her house? He looked rather concerned about something. Andy, you know, he he looked a little worried about something, Clark. I I wonder what he's, he looks like he's going over to Clara's house. I wonder what that's about. Oh, well, you know, Andy's pretty sociable. I wouldn't worry about it. Probably just had a hard day at work. Right. He was definitely walking with a purpose there, Clark. I, I wonder if we should, I wonder if we should go over there. Okay. Well, that might be something you can uh, uh, check out. I'll, I'll stay here and, and help uh, help Michelle clean up. Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry Michelle. I'm, I'm going to just make sure everything's all right. We wouldn't want something bad happening in the neighborhood. And, uh, you know, maybe he tried to call over to my house and I wasn't there. I, did, did the phone ring here? Did we miss it? I'll, I'll go over there and check it out. All right. Yeah, if, if he if he needs a hand with anything, let me know. I'll be more than happy to come over and help, but just let me know. And as it is, Janet, you you still end up hanging around at, uh, at Grant's house for a, a while. Um, they have time to have dinner, and then uh, they go sit out on the porch, and you make your move. I see, yeah, I see them, and... I'll walk over there. Yeah. Oh, Claire. Hey, Janet. Hey. Hi. Oh, I didn't know you guys were uh, had a had a little meeting here. And did you guys have dinner? I was over at Clark's house, of course. Well, Andy, I think if you're going to tell her, may as well do it now, right? Yeah. Um, Janet. Have a seat, Clara. Have, I mean, have yeah. A seat, have Janet. a seat. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Is something wrong? Well, I want you to do me a favor if you could. Anything. All right. I'm a little bit worried about Mr. Corbett. Oh? And I was wondering if you could um, kind of keep an eye on him during the day while, you know, I'm at work. Uh, of, of course. Is he ill? Is there something else going on? Uh, just something came up in a case I'm taking that I've taken care of and... I want to um, make sure that I, uh, that uh, whether I'm right or wrong about something. He's tied to a case you're working on? Well, not exactly tied. It was just, all right. Um, oh, come uh, you'll on see, now, you'll see it. All right. You'll see it in the newspaper tomorrow. Um, the Jackal case has been solved. Cracked Golly. by Andy. Yeah, he Andy cracked the case. Andy, that is fabulous. Yeah, well, we, um, a friend, uh, officer, a friend of mine and I um, were able to uh, um, nab the, well, um, collect the evidence and prove that uh, Tomaszewski was the jackal. However, um, Tomaszewski, um, either through karma or um, God's justice um, while trying to escape, um, slipped and um, cracked his head, unfortunately. And so he's dead. However, while we were searching Tomaszewski's um, apartment, um, as I was looking around the kitchen, um, I saw one of Mr. 
Corbett's vegetable baskets there, filled with the no. same vegetables that um, he had given all of us a couple days ago. No. I'm, I'm fairly sure it is Mr. Corbett's basket because, I mean, it was the same type of basket and it was almost the exact same mix of vegetables. And you know, it's just too quinky dink to... No. Um, now, it could be something innocent, all right? Um, we could have sold him something. Maybe, you know, this guy had done him a favor a while ago. I don't know. But, you know, my just to satisfy my gut, I just would like you to kind of keep an eye on him. Um, I'd really appreciate that, if you, you know, you didn't let Frank know. Um, I've been concerned be. about Frank and... Yeah, you know, he's been taking what he saw a, a couple of weeks ago a little too hard. Um, yeah, yeah. Beth, Beth's become more and more concerned about his behavior over the last yeah. couple of days. Of course, of course. Yeah. I am the soul of discretion. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so you know, just keep an eye. If you notice anything during the day, just let you know. Let Claire and I know, and you know. What I'm trying to do is slowly collect evidence. If, if I'm wrong, hallelujah. But if I'm right, um, then um, I'll deal with it. Let's so. just not let's just not lose our heads here. Yeah, be careful. Don't you know? Don't do anything more than just observe. I mean, keep it on the low key. Oh. Down low. Yeah, I don't want, you know, remember, you know, I just don't want to see anything happen to any of you. And, you know, that's more something more important that it's that I, as an officer, should deal with if it comes down to that. Uh, of course, of course. Well, I will uh, certainly keep an eye on things. Uh, and think of it this way. It might give you material for your next book. Oh, undoubtedly, undoubtedly. Mm -hmm. Yes, well. And you I, might not want to let Clark know either, your brother. Oh, oh no, no, discretion, discretion all around. I, I, would I, mean, I like Clark, but Clark. I've noticed that he's been trying to be a bit too chummy with Mr. Corbett. And I'm worried about him, you know, seeing things with a, you know, balanced look. He sees only the good in people. Yes, and that's what I love about him. I wish I could, but if there's one thing the Great War told me is that's not exactly always true. Mm, the, the dark underside of the world. Mm -hmm. If there wasn't that, we wouldn't have much to write about in mm -hmm. fiction. I would really prefer if we didn't have to write about it, to be honest. All right, well, thanks, Claire, for dinner, and Janet, keep an eye out, all right? And I'm glad that you came Certainly over. Will. Yeah. All right, Clara, have a good evening. You too, Janet. Have a good evening. And I will hurriedly walk back to my house. You're muted, Tom. So, Frank, you're sitting on your front porch drinking. And as you're drinking, you are losing your inhibitions. You can do a power roll. Um, if you fail your power roll, you're going to act on impulse. 
Gotcha. <laughs> That's an 81 out of possible 60. Okay, so you you are Where's thinking about... Where's my crowbar? <laughs> Your crowbar. You've got a crowbar. Everybody's got a crowbar. Get my crowbar. Gonna start making my way behind the houses and head towards Mr. Corbett's. Okay. Specifically his greenhouse, I think. You're heading for his greenhouse. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, well, it's dark. It's a, it's a, I mean, it's a warm summer night, so there's, there's not much, there might even be some fireflies out in the trees around behind. Um, uh, as you come, uh, we'll say, what, what time do you think this would be? Hmm. It'd be dark, probably. So say nine o'clock, ten o'clock. Nine or ten. All right, so somewhere in in there. Um, so lights are still on in people's houses, um, and as you're coming up around behind uh, Mr. Corbett's house, you can see that the second story lights are on. So he's up there, but the the bottom story lights are not on. Um, and the greenhouse is just mm. out there in the middle of the backyard. There are no lights inside it. I mean, there are lights Good. inside it, but they're not turned on. Then maybe if I see lights in the first floor, I'll know when to leave. Okay. That'll be my cue to run for my house. Okay. All right, so you come up to the greenhouse. Um, to give you an, an, a clearer picture, it, it's actually got a brick foundation, um, and the, the brick wall comes up maybe two feet, and then there's ironwork that attaches to that and goes up to make the top with glass panes that have all been whitewashed. Uh, the front door, mm -hmm. uh, the front door is actually the kind that opens outward. And it's large enough that you could push a wheelbarrow through the, the door. So it's wider than a normal door. But it is padlocked with like a chain. Like a good, proper greenhouse should. Right. And I, you, would, you didn't go inside. But uh, you can tell from the width of it, there's probably a center uh, place for plants. And then there's side places for plants. And the, uh, the walkway makes kind of a loop. You know. Okay. Um, but like I say, it's padlocked. Why I brought the crowbar. Okay. Gonna try and jimmy this door open. All right. So do a strength roll. A strength. Here we go. It's a 50 50 shot. 12. That is uh, not quite in a critical success, but. Okay. It's a hard one. So you, you put the, the crowbar tongs into the, the lock and you start pushing it down to twist it. And uh, it makes a slight popping noise and the, the lock opens and the chains fall to the side. 
you like to do. Look, look up to the second floor, make sure that I'm not hearing any noise. Actually, I should probably. Uh, nope, Here I don't go. hear anything. <laughs> All right. Pop open the door. All right, Let's you open the door inside. and you're immediately hit by a wave of heat and uh, all sorts of pleasant flowery smells that come out. Um, there are, it, it's also very steamy. I don't know if your character wears glasses or not, does he? He, he does not. Okay. So your glasses don't fog up, but they would. Your, your clothes start to stick to your skin because of the humidity. Mm -hmm. um, what do you do? Describe yourself. You can, you can go around to the right, around to the left. He He's going to go around the right and make his way around, kind of in okay. a circle and amongst the plants and stuff. Okay. And he's going to be searching through some of the soil and seeing if his personal theory is right, that he's possibly using body parts as fertilizer. Mm. Right. Um, go ahead and do a spot hidden. Okay, here we go. Ah, uh, eight. <laughs> right. Um, Oh, the twenty-five percent spot hidden. You just hope for the best. <laughs> he's got a he's got a lot of seedlings and things that he's growing, and as you're sort of rummaging your fingers through the soil, um, you realize that the soil's pretty fine. At uh, if there was bone or something like that in there, it's been completely crushed. Um, so you don't really find any evidence like that. If you start smelling things, everything smells like soil. You know, maybe a little fertile, a little yeah. manure in there too. But you're in the you're in the country. That's yeah. not such a terrible smell. Um, do a do a spot hidden for me. Another one. Here we go. That one I botched. I got a 73 out of 25. All right. Um, his, his, his greenhouse is organized. You can see he has specific plants growing in one spot and then a different kind of plant in another and multiple pots of sometimes the same thing over and over. And none of it you really recognize. He's not, uh, this isn't the time of year to start vegetables anyway. So he doesn't have any seedlings of vegetables growing. Um, those are obviously already grown and out in the garden. Mm -hmm. um, what do you want to do next? We'll say that you're on the right-hand side, uh, maybe about halfway down, and you're looking at things. You didn't see the Golden uh, I, Idol, but you heard about it, right? I heard about it, and I think uh, Frank might have seen pictures that were taken by oh, yeah, yeah. Dr. Clara. So you can see so. that that's on the very end. He's going to actually go towards that. Okay. Go towards the plant that possibly holds that thing. Okay. Yeah, the big plant that's growing up behind it and around it, and it's got vines trailing all over the place. Um, 
Uh, the idol is, uh, well, you, you got to tell me what you're going to do. Let me get over there by this. Um, he's going to look at the idol and then actually start digging with his crowbar in the dirt of that plant. Okay. Um, this plant is clearly important enough to have an idol by it, his drunken mind says. Okay. Um, you, it's in a big, gigantic barrel. So there's actually quite a lot of soil uh, and a lot of big, heavy roots that go which down is, into it. Um, which you is start digging using this Well, you're looking bar. at the idol first. And mm-hmm. the idol is uh, made of, you're, you're pretty sure it's wood, but it's covered in gold leaf. Um, it's fairly heavy. Um, it's not attached to the pedestal. You can remove it, uh, but it seems solid. It doesn't seem like it's a hollow statue. Um, uh, and you can tell that it's gold leaf because if you rub really hard in a certain spot, you can see the gold rubs off. It's more, more akin to gold paint than it is to uh, actual gold, mm-hmm. but it is actual gold. Um, so you start digging around in the soil. Do a spot hidden roll. Here we go. Barely passed with the 23. Okay. Um, you do find odd bits of things. At first you think they're bits of ceramic, maybe. Um, but it could be smashed up bone. You're... Uh, uh, you're not sure, but uh, bone meal is sometimes used in plants. Um, do a listen roll. I love when the not very stealthy or observant character has to do all this stuff. <laughs> Don't hear a thing. Don't hear anything. All right. Um, the roots of the plant are odd. Um, you've seen a lot of plants, um, in your lifetime, but there is something about the roots of this plant that remind you far more of, um, oh, veins and arteries and capillaries than of uh, roots. I mean, there's a similarity, but there's definitely something about the plant that's very odd. Um, The roots seem kind of soft and spongy, uh, like they're designed to absorb moisture from the soil um, in a very uh, rapid sort of way. Uh, and now I would like uh, uh, Dr. Clara and Officer Andy and Mr. Grant and Miss Ward to remove your earphones for a few moments. And uh, uh, I'll give you the thumbs up when, uh, when I want you to come back. I don't want you to hear this part. So, Frank. As you are um, fiddling around in the soil, 
um, you suddenly feel something kind of itchy on the back of your neck. And do a um, do a spot hidden for me. Twelve. Twelve. All right. That's um, you feel something itchy. You feel it's itchy on the back of your neck, and you suddenly look up, and the entire plant. Um, all of the flowers are open and you're pretty sure that they were all closed up like flowers close up at night they're all open they're all hovering right over you and little white flaky uh pollen is raining down all over you and you you seem to be covered in it all of a sudden uh, as uh, it's almost a cloud of this pollen uh, comes out. And at first it's itchy and then it starts to burn. And you suddenly feel waves of nausea come over you. And um, you almost at this point want to tear your clothes off because it's, it's starting to burn very badly. And you're finding it difficult to breathe. And your skin on your hands and arms where they're exposed are starting to turn black. And um, you fall down onto your knees and you're clutching at your throat as you're gasping for air. And you fall over sideways and you're laying on the ground and you're staring at your hand and you're watching your hand liquefy and turn to kind of a black goo and slowly or rather quickly and in great deal of pain but unable to scream um you go into the darkness and that is the end of your character you are a pile of goo on the floor so I hope you have a secondary character that your wife, you can play your wife. That was actually the one I was gonna yeah. do. I did not think Frank was gonna die this quick. I so didn't I'm gonna either. have to actually make her. Uh, well, make her and she, she can come looking for him in the morning. Does that sound like a good idea? She thinks I'll, he's wandered uh, off. I'll try, I'll try to do it quickly. All right, all right, all right. All right, so uh, it's uh, the evening. Uh, Officer Andy, did you want to do anything this evening or do you want to wait until tomorrow? You are muted. Sorry, there. what time was, did I finish dinner? Probably about seven, eight o'clock. I probably would, um, after that, whole conversation i would probably have another beer maybe go through my bills you know take care of what little things need to be done in the house maybe um is, is it still daylight no not at this point it's it's getting dark yeah all right, that's what i figured so you know i just take care of stuff around the house um take care of the bills um you know, slowly get my outfit ready for tomorrow 
you know, that type of stuff. Probably get ready to go to bed at um, 10. Okay. And how about the rest of you, Clark and Clara and Janet? Just going to go to bed? Yeah, I'll get uh, get ready to go to bed. Make sure I've got all those nice new flyers for um, Mr. Corbett's business ready because I'm going to make sure they're available at my work. I mean, he does the same for me with my flyers. So, so happy we help each other with our businesses. So get that all sorted for tomorrow and hit the hay. All right. Excellent. Um, I think uh, Andy's words are kind of rolling in around in Clara's mind. And as she drinks a nightcap, she just kind of absentmindedly stares out the window toward Mr. Corbett's house and just thinks about what it all means before going to bed. Okay. Do a spot hidden. Forty-six. I believe that is a success, but let me check. I'll spend the point of luck, make it a regular success. Okay. Um, you think, you're not sure, but you mm -hmm. think when you glanced out your window uh, into Mr. Corbett's yard, you think you saw something move inside of his greenhouse, just a shadow no light and then there was nothing you didn't see anything after that um after all of andy's stories i must just be seeing things at this point okay i'm just gonna go to bed yeah all right all right so the next morning comes um uh let's see uh clark you wake up it's uh this is now july 7th uh, saturday it's a Saturday. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to take these flyers in. I'll, I'll probably just take them in on Monday. There's no need. Uh, uh, business, actually, I think will be open today for just a, a half day, closed on Sunday. So, yeah, I'll, later on in the afternoon. I'll just have a leisurely breakfast with uh, Michelle and maybe do some gardening out front, see if any of my neighbors are up and around. You have, um, you have employees, so... Yeah, they usually handle things on your day off. But yeah, yeah. you're going to go in half day. That's that's cool. I'm not a whole half day. I'll just drop the flyers off and come back. That'll be after. I do a little morning gardening first. All right. Uh, Janet, uh, you're up. Uh, what would you like to do? I am sitting in my front room watching Mr. Corbett's, Mr. Corbett's house with the blinds just open a small amount. Um. Not too early, because that would be very rude, but kind of at what you would consider the appointed time. Mr. Corbett appears. Uh, you see him um, actually coming around from behind the house. Uh, he goes towards his shed. You see him probably getting his mower, and he's going to mow his lawn. Um, now, my guess, 1923, it's one of those push mowers. Yeah, with the blades. So he does, you, you're used to seeing this every week. Uh, he, it's your Saturday is usually his gardening day. Uh, do a spot hidden. Though. Uh, 
That's a hard success. Hard success. Excellent. All right. So you see him go to his shed. He gets out his lawnmower and uh, he follows a pattern. He does it every exactly the same way every single week. So you see him start and he goes, he starts in the back. He comes up to the front. He turns around. He goes towards the back. He comes back towards the front. He turns around and starts going back and he gets about halfway and he stops and he looks, uh, he stands there for just a moment. And then you see him leave the mower and just go uh, back behind his house, probably towards where his greenhouse is. Um, but he's, he's, he vanishes for, he's at least 10, 15 minutes, you don't see him. But by then you're probably not just standing there staring out the window anymore. I'm just sitting there staring out the window. Okay, you're sitting there staring <laughs> yeah, out the I'm window. Like, yeah, I've gotten my cup of coffee for the morning and I'm just um, taking well, my duty deadly serious. You see him, um, he comes, okay, you see him come out, uh, come out from behind the house. See, from your perspective, you can't really see uh, everything back there. So he uh, he goes to his green, he goes to his shed again. He gets out a shovel uh, and he comes back and then he goes back into his greenhouse and he seems to be working on something. He's just left the mower in the middle of the yard. Um, uh, he's in there for maybe a half an hour uh, before he comes out with uh, the uh, the shovel, um, he's got he's dirty. He's obviously got dirt on himself of some sort, and um, it looks like he's got some uh, like a, a bundle of rags or something like that uh, in his hand. Maybe he was using it to clean something up, uh, which he takes and. Uh, He's probably got a little area where he burns uh, some some kinds of garbage. You can't burn all kinds of garbage, but you can burn paper garbage and stuff. And he starts himself a little fire and he burns whatever it is he had. Uh, and then uh, after that's out, uh, this has taken him about an hour or so. Uh, he then goes back to mowing as if nothing was out of the order. You've never seen him do that. Something must have happened, but you're not sure what. Um, Clara, what are you up to this morning? Uh, I'd be taking breakfast um, in a little like breakfast nook area and just drinking a coffee, maybe looking through student papers. Okay. And Officer Andy, what are you up to this morning? Is it my day off, or do I need to go in into the? We'll department? say the weekends are your day off. Your day right. off. I'm probably um, having some breakfast, looking out my back window, you know, and kind of enjoying the view of the woods and you know the other people's backyards. Okay. Yeah, it's a peaceful, sunny, bright day. Oh, I've got a brilliant idea. Maybe I should make the rounds, uh, call everyone, and see if they'd be interested in uh, in a round of cards tomorrow night, or maybe tonight. I'll see which one. 
uh, I'll make the rounds and call everybody to see if anyone's up for cards tonight. Yeah, sure, Andy. I'm always down to play cards. Oh, wonderful. wonderful. Sorry. So I'll, I'll call everybody. Yeah, sure. I could give you some cards. Excellent. Excellent. I'm, see. I'm feeling under the weather. Uh, I, I think I'll just stay home tonight, but thank you for the invitation. All right. Oh, no, no. Okay. No worries. I let, let the Michelle and I know if you need anything, Janet. Oh, of course. Of course. I, I probably just overexerted myself. I was working around, uh, working around the house yesterday and, uh, you know, these things have a way of catching up with you. Uh, I'll be fine. I'm just going to stay in and rest. But thank you for the invitation. Okay. All right. No worries. All right. And uh, let's see. Well, we can make sure. I should probably call Frank and uh, well, see even if Mr. Corbett's up for a great round of cards. First, we'll call Frank's. Um. There is no, well, yeah, Frank's wife answers. Oh, oh, hey, hey, Bethany. Oh, hey, Clark. Yeah, I was wondering, uh, would you and uh, would you and Frank be uh, up for maybe a game of cards tonight over at our place? Um, I'm sorry, I've not seen Frank. He didn't come in this morning. I thought he maybe went to work early. Oh yeah, yeah. With his job, sometimes yeah. With that, that the the mortuary, I bet. Uh, okay. Well, well, if if he comes in later tonight, just uh, uh, or, or today, just uh, um, yeah, feel free to come on by. And if you need anything during the day, you know, you always feel free to call. Um. Yes, but um, did he hitch a ride with maybe Andy or, or something? His car's still in the driveway. Oh, interesting. You know, I'm not sure. I, I didn't see Andy much. I think Andy went for a walk last night. I think he might have gone over to see, uh, to see uh, uh, Clara. I'm not sure. But um, yeah, I'll go. I'll check. I'll check with Andy just to, to find out what's what's going on, just in case maybe he did catch a ride with Andy. All right. If you would please check and perhaps call me back. Um, that that would be fantastic. Thank you. Oh my goodness! Oh, certainly. Oh, don't worry, Bethany. I'm sure. I'm sure some rational explanation will come up. But I'll start calling around for you. All right. All right. Thank you. Certainly. All right, I'll, I'll uh, uh, let's see, let's see, I'll, I'll call uh, uh, Andy back. Uh, see if, oh, Andy? Yeah, hi there, Clark. What is it? I just thought you just called me. Yeah, yeah, I, I was just, I was calling to see if Frank and Bethany might be up for uh, cards later tonight. And and uh, Bethany was saying that uh, she, uh, she hadn't seen him since, uh, I think, last night. And uh, I was just guessing that maybe, you know, his his work called for him because, you know, they have all sorts of crazy hours sometimes. But um, but his car was still there. You, you didn't by any chance drive Frank to work, did you? Oh, no, today's my day off. I mean, um, so I didn't drive in today. I'm just finishing up my coffee and my breakfast right now while looking at the backyard. Oh, this is peculiar. Yeah, okay, it is. well, I'll... Uh, 
I'll ask my sister. Uh, maybe could you call Clara and and just ask her around? Sure, sure. I'll give Clara a call. Sure, thanks. So I'll I'll call uh, uh, Janet and just like uh, uh, Janet. Hey, hey, you you didn't. I, I'm sorry for bothering. I know you're trying to rest, but you didn't drive Frank uh, to work real quickly late last night. Uh, uh, Bethany said he he disappeared last night. We were thinking maybe he went to work for an odd schedule or something, but. His car's still here. I am, and I, I haven't seen him. Oh, that's really weird. I, I'm, I'm a little worried now. That's not like him. Hmm. Maybe, maybe somebody from work or the hospital came to pick him up. Yeah, I'll, I'll call his work and know? see. Was there uh, something for him to do last night? I, I don't know. Not sure. That's very strange. Let me know if you hear anything. Okay, we'll do. Claire, ring, 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 ring. Yeah, yeah, Andy, what's up? Hey, um, Clark just gave me a call. Told me some strange information. Um, oh it seems okay. that he was, you know, as you know, he's going to try to get us to get there for cards. Mm-hmm. He called um, Frank and Bethany's, and Bethany says that um, she hasn't seen him. And uh, um, um, his car is still in the driveway. Last time I saw him was last night when he was on his porch. What time did you see him last night, Andy? Um, when I was coming over for um, dinner and then afterwards when I walked back home. He was still out there. Um, last night I was having a nightcap and kind of looking out at Mr. Hor- Mr. Corbett's house and thinking about it. And I thought... For a moment, I saw something moving around in his greenhouse, but I kind of chalked it up to a trick of the light. There were no lights on inside of, you know, trick of the moonlight. I didn't see any lights on inside the greenhouse or anything like that. And I think Mr. Corbett's lights were off in his house. Maybe it was late. And I just kind of wrote it off thinking my mind was playing tricks on me after all the stories you told me. But I wonder if. You don't don't, think Frank. Frank has been so erratic lately. I. I don't know. That, I mean, he was talking just the other day about breaking into Mr. Corbett's home when he wasn't home. Oh, no. I hope he didn't do anything foolish. I mean, now. Maybe we should get together. Clark seems to be concerned if he called you back. Maybe we should get together at Clark's house and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Let discuss me, this. Yeah. Okay. All right, so, so I'm, you're all going to go to Clark's? Yeah, right. as yeah. they arrive, I'm on the phone trying to call um, the uh, city morgue where Frank worked. And I'm passing by Janet's house. Like, she's kind of on the way, so I'll, you know, kind of give a little wave, kind of like gesture. Clark, you get um, uh, the city morgue. Uh, no, Frank has not been there this morning. That's really concerning. Uh, do you know when his next regular shift is? Monday. Monday. All right, well, if, if he turns up, could you please give us a call? Uh, he, he went missing last night, and, and his wife seems really worried. So I, I'm a little worried, sure. too. So sure. uh, thank you. All right. Bye. Mm. Well, well that's, that's not good, guys. Uh, he hasn't shown up to work either. Um, I'm not sure what's going on. Uh, uh, 
Andy, could he have gone on some kind of tear last night and ended up at the police station? No, I could give a phone call, see if he showed up. Maybe he's in the, you know. In the drunk tank or something? Yeah. Let me give it. Clark, can I use your phone? Of course. All right. Yeah, he kept going on about Mr. Corbett and wanting mm-hmm. to look into it deeper. Bring, and what, bring. I saw, someone, I saw someone moving around in the greenhouse last Arkham's Police Department. Trick. Yeah. Hey, how's it going, Sam? This is Andy. Oh, hey, Andy. What's up? Hey, um, you didn't get any, uh, you didn't get our friend Frank um, Adams in the um, drunk tank last night, do you? Oh, or Frank Adams? No, there's, there's nobody in the drunk tank. Okay, uh, that's uh, odd. I mean, all right. Um, I might call you back about this later on. I want to check with um, uh, Frank's wife first before anything. But it seems that um, Frank seem might be a bit be missing right now. She might have just wandered around off um, someplace in the neighborhood. All right, thanks. Of course. No, he's not at the department. He's not in the drunk tank or in uh, in one of the cells. So, yeah, I did see something moving around in the greenhouse, Clara. I I thought I did. I thought Mr. I did. Corbett ran off to the greenhouse this morning, right in the middle of mowing his lawn. I watched him. He, That's unusual. He, he was pushing his mower around like he always does at nine ten a.m. and and abruptly stopped about halfway with the, the side yard and he seemed to go running off towards the back. I mean, I, I can't see from where I am, but uh, it could have been to the greenhouse. And then he was gone for a while and just left the mower on the lawn, didn't mm. come back to finish it for quite some time. And when he came back, he was dirty. Very and unlike he had Mr. Corbett. A bundle mm. of, I don't know what, clothing, rags. And then he threw them on the fire to burn. Uh, well, I mean, he is gardening. I mean, that does need get right. dirty. Well, why don't we just end this once and for all, go over there and ask him? It's, uh, um, just is, ask if he's seen, seen Frank. Yes, yeah, ask yeah. if he's seen. Dude, Clark, it. should so, you ring back Bethany? I don't know. Should we get her all worried up in a tizzy just yet? Um, I know she's got to be concerned. I, 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 I'd like. I don't think we should, you know, I don't want to worry her over nothing. It could be that he's elsewhere, but I, you know, it wouldn't be bad if a couple of us do go over to Mr. Corbett and um, ask, if he, ask, ask if he is, ask if he has seen Frank. Um, I, should, I, I think we should send Bethany to do that. Okay. Yeah, we, we should, we should get Bethany here. And she'll probably feel better with company in numbers well, while we not, sort this out. It's not very suspicious if she asks Mr. Yes. Corbett because it's her husband. He's well, can missing. I suggest that one of the ladies goes along with her too? Yes, I think that's I a agree. great idea. Safety in numbers. Look, look, let's give let's give Beth a call and, and maybe she doesn't. You know, make sure she wants to do this. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Hello. Hey, hey, Bethany. Uh, um, uh, we were thinking of uh, just we we're calling around and looking around. Um, 
would you mind coming on uh, over here? And uh, uh, Clara or, or Janet, they, they were thinking maybe uh, if you wouldn't mind, maybe we could, you guys could go over and just ask Mr. Corbett if he's seen any, any uh, sign of him. You know, we're just trying to, to figure out what's going on. Again, I'm sure rational explanations behind all of this, but do you have a moment? Or are you up for that? If, if it means finding Frank, then yes. Uh, well, then please do. I hope he's not hurt somewhere. Yeah, we'll find him. Uh, we'll find him. I'll, I'll, I'll be over there as soon as I can get there. Um, I'm worried. I, I, I looked around the house. He's, he's, uh, there's there's no crowbar he he took that with him oh yeah okay I'll, all right i'll see you when i get there yeah I'll yeah see you when i get there come right over bethy okay she she's coming over it seems like frank took the crowbar wasn't he talking about breaking in over at mr corbett's was he was yeah he might have gotten a little Maybe too many in. What, those of us who don't go talking to Mr. Corbett, maybe we should call some of the hospitals in the area, make sure he didn't end up in one of those. Or well, Mr. Corbett know. would, if, if he got hurt over there. Surely sure. Mr. Corbett would have contacted us, or Beth, yeah. Beth at least. I mean, it's True. not our business what happens to Going Frank, on. but it's Beth's business. When, when Beth distracts him at the front door, I think one of us needs to go investigate the pile of burnt things that he took out of his backyard today. Oh, come in. Oh, I think that's Bethany. Is there a, is there a fence that separates Mr. Corbett and Clara's backyards? Because I know they're neighbors. Yeah, there's, there's probably like hedges small, or something. Small okay. fences that yeah, okay. separate them. I was gonna say one of us could wait in my backyard and then like hop over the fence while he's in the front talking and to just go straight from my backyard into his backyard and check out the greenhouse. If it's an if it's a little fence that you can hop. Okay, that all right. Well, what do you think? Uh Janet, do you want to go with Bethany maybe you to to ask uh Mr. Corbett then and Clara, Andy, were you were you Clara thinking maybe go around back? I think Clara. Uh, my concern here is is that you know, uh, he's home right now. I mean, I'd say I'd say if we're gonna check it out, um, Janet, doesn't he have her usual routine on Saturdays? He leaves the, the he place. He do, he does have a usual routine, but it's. It's mostly it's gardening. He goes for the drive. He goes on Sunday. Goes for the yeah, it's oh, Sunday. So he doing... goes for the drive. I guess I could go over there and check it while you guys have it busy. Let me get to my side. Let me get to my house first, and I'll be out in the backyard. And then uh, when you guys are over there, I can go over there just check out his burn pile. I think that's uh, a good idea, Andy. Um, I'll take a little bucket with me too, maybe, and a, a shovel, and bring some of that back and, and check out maybe what he burned. <laughs> Myself and Beth are going to go ask Mr. Corbett front door 
Have you seen <clears throat> Frank? Who's going around to the back? All right, Andy. I'm, I'm going Jenna, what to. Are you gonna do? Yeah, I'm going to be on the lookout. Okay. Now, Mr. Corbett is in his yard gardening. So he's not going to come to his front door. Um, and we, we know he's there or we're not going to know you can that. See until, him. You okay, can see okay. him walking back and forth. He's finished mowing his lawn and he's ready. Well, perhaps Beth and I should make a show of knocking on the door and then, you know, calling out Mr. Corbett, Mr. Corbett, and then maybe he'll, he'll hear us and come around. I'd feel very nosy just waltzing into his backyard like I own the place. So at least the niceties of like knocking and, and being neighborly. Would, would Mr. Corbett be on the left side of the house in the garden or the right side of the house in the garden or in the back of the house in the garden? Well, because there's a whole house to block site. Right. He's probably working on his vegetables, uh, picking vegetables at this point. Uh, tomatoes and, and that's in like that. the that's uh from your if you're at your house looking across the street that's on the right hand side okay yeah right towards the back okay so he'd be able to clearly see the greenhouse from that area oh sure got it and you would clearly be able okay, to see yeah, it just... even as you're walking across the street Are we sharing any of this with Bethany, by the way? Like our suspicions, or is this just, we're going to go ask Mr. Corbett? I, I would. <laughs> yeah, I would. <laughs> Making sure. Okay. But I'm not there, actually. Sorry. All right. Um, uh, so Clara and uh, Bethany are walking across the street. Uh, did you say you're going to go up to his front porch, or did you initially just to be neighborly and not waltz into his backyard, just do okay. the show of knocking and maybe calling out? Okay. Well, if you call out, then he hears you, and he comes around the right-hand side of the house, um, uh, dusting himself off. He's got dirt mm -hmm. on his mm -hmm. hands and and so forth. Now, does somebody else, Andy? What were you going to do? As soon as he, I see that he's moved. Since I'm already in the backyard, okay. Um, I'm gonna have a I have a, bu a bucket and a sh little tr shovel trowel, and as soon as I see him heading that way, I'm gonna head towards the burn pile. Okay. And I'm what I'm gonna do is gather whatever has been freshly burnt in the bucket, okay, and then quickly scoot back out because I don't think I have enough time to check out the greenhouse. Okay. So do a luck bowl. All right. Because it's possible there's still smoldering, you know, coals and stuff. Um, yes, regular success. Okay, so there's there's nothing that's that's still hot, okay. um, but it just it's at ashes and there's bits and things in the ashes and stuff. Okay. Um, you, you scoop those into a bucket, uh, and you can hear Mr. Corbett on the other side of the house now talking to. Uh, uh, Clara and uh, Janet. All right. Uh, good morning, ladies. Uh, is there something I can do for you? Uh, yes. Uh, Frank has not been seen all day. I was wondering if maybe you've seen him? Frank? Um, no, I haven't seen him in uh, 
but since like Fourth uh, of July, I think I saw him over at uh, Clark's house. Can I make a psychology roll since I'm suspicious of Mr. Sure. Corbett and all of this? Okay. Sure. Bethany is also a little oh no, that's an eighty-eight high strung no. at this point. So okay. is all right if she rolls sure. a psychology roll? Yeah, I mean, you know Mr. Corbett. You've lived in this neighborhood. Okay, that's a normal success. 42 out of 60. You find yourself to be uh, suspicious of what he's saying. Um, however, your husband's missing. You're a little suspicious of everybody. <laughs> that That is true. <laughs> um, but she she just says you've you've seriously not seen him since the 4th of July uh not that i recall i mean i occasionally see some of the neighbors when i'm going to work in the morning but uh i haven't spoken to him um you know most of the neighbors are quite concerned with um with his Overabundance, over overindulgence in the spirits. You understand the alcohol. I, yes. I what was know, he doing I last know. night? He was staying out on the front porch. He said he needed to get some night air. Hmm. Well, no, I haven't seen him. Um, I'm not sure why he would come over here anyway. More, we're just asking around the neighborhood. We're very, very concerned. We've called around a few places we thought he might be, but no, nothing yet. Just any well, Frank little is, uh, clues or ideas would help. So, Frank, Frank serves a very important purpose in this neighborhood. Uh, you know, he, um, yeah, not buried my wife. Yes, he did, and a terrible loss, Mr. Corbett. I am so terribly sorry for that. Well, it's a long time ago, but... We all remember I, your wife very fine. I'm sure Frank's fine. He's probably in town or at mm -hmm. work or... Somewhere. Perhaps so, yes. There's nowhere he could wander off to. And if he did wander yeah, off, he'd sober up come back you didn't see anything last night or anything nothing nope. strange no ma'am nothing at all i was upstairs in my study um reading um till about 11 o'clock i would have heard if he'd have knocked on my door or, or anything like that fine fine just thank you if you do hear is there some Mr. reason Corbett. why you would think he would come over here? We've been asking all around the neighborhood. We've talked to Clark and Janet and Andy as well, just trying to see if anyone would have seen him. You don't live very far. No, so, so we're all within shouting distance practically. Yes, um, and I've already asked everyone else and you were the last on the list, so. Well, I'm sorry. I haven't seen him. If I see him, I'll uh, I'll tell him that you're worried. Please do. Thank you, Mr. Corbett. Of course. 
Thank you. All right, so Andy, you really haven't had time to look at the greenhouse. Um, although, give me a um, give me a spot hidden. Um, you're muted. I figure I don't have time to look in the greenhouse, but I can walk by it so I can see if if he did use a crowbar, there would be signs of a crowbar in use. So you want me to do a spot hidden? Yeah. All right. Um, regular success as I'm quickly scampering. Um, all you can see as you are sort of scampering, uh, it's kind of a backwards glance, uh, is that it looks like uh, the chain uh, has been removed, but then he's working in his garden, so um, he might be going in and out of his greenhouse. All right. Then I keep on going quickly. So strategically, you move away as Mr. Corbett moves back into the the yard. All right. Um, And then uh, uh, Dr. Clara and uh, Bethany, you're going to head back to the Clark's house. Right. And as we're walking, I'll, you know, Beth, what 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 did you make of that? And Mr. Corbett. The clean spoken woman. She looks directly at Dr. Clara and says, he's bullshitting me. I haven't heard you use such strong language in such a long time, Beth. You must be very serious about this. Let's go talk to the others. He's not telling the full truth and I don't like it. Let's go talk to the others. He knows where my husband is. So Officer Andy, you, you get back first. Um, uh, to the, and in fact, uh, uh, Clara and Bethany, you probably see him scamper across the street just before you uh, clear the, the house. Um, and he's got a bucket in his hands. Uh, so Officer Andy, you, you rejoin everybody. Do you go into the house with the bucket? Mm, the yes, house? I do. All right, go in the house. Um, the the uh, the ashes have an odd smell. Um, not an unpleasant smell, kind of a uh, floral, sour sort of smell, citrusy sort of smell to them. Um, but without much difficulty, you do pick out what seem like some bits of burnt cloth. Um, though they're damaged, you can't really tell what they're from. Any buttons? Any metal? Um, do a luck roll. Certainly suspicious, Andy. Yeah, uh, just barely passed. Yeah, not really. You don't find any buttons. Uh, buttons are probably made from, uh, could be made from Bakelite at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's highly flammable. It just would have gone up. Um, no bits of metal. Uh, so, um, but, I mean, there's definitely some cloth in here that's been burned. Right. You know, I try to put the cloth together, put it down on the table, kind of look at uh, um I'm not going to say anything to Bethany, 
I'm going to let her come over, see what I'm doing, see if she recognizes anything. I don't want to influence her view. I mean, her, her point of view. Um, Bethany, do an idea for Okay, that's a 15, which is a hard success. Mm. Yes, All right. hard success on well, 50%. There's a couple of those scraps of cloth that look like they might be from payments. Um, you don't immediately recognize the fabric, but um, the color is kind of a dark blue. I mean, what's left of it. It's mostly got ashes all over it, so it's kind of gray. But you know your husband's clothes, so you you are suddenly quite startled that those might be his pants, at least the ones he was wearing yesterday. Visit, Bethany. Andy? Yes. Oops, you went silent. We can't hear you. Why are my husband's clothes in Mr. Corbett's burn pit? Well, I wasn't sure about the fabric. But now that you have indicated that that could possibly be the fabric from his pants, I don't know, Son Bethany. Of a bitch. Go over there and arrest him now. Now, Bethany, I only have circumstantial evidence. You know, this is not clear-cut evidence that, you know, I have some bits and pieces. A good district attorney could say, well, that could be from any fabric. I'm, I'm not saying I, I believe you, but we're going to need more than that. Jeff now, it goes on a Sunday drive, doesn't he? He goes on a Sunday drive. We can check out his greenhouse that I noticed the chain was missing. And you said he took a crowbar and we all know he wanted to get into that greenhouse. We could check it out tomorrow. And now, now ordinarily, I, I am the first one to say we should not be prying into people's business, but 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 this this here, if Frank is hurt over there uh we can't be waiting a whole day uh, that's true i agree with you find that's a way true. we need to but find a way of getting in there now he brought those from the the back i saw him carry them over to the burn pile i'll still be alive he's he's still All I, right. I don't see his rings i i he always wears his wedding ring and his mason's ring i don't see them here he's gotta still be alive all okay. right. Okay. So here's what we can do. We can get, I can go, let's see. We can find a way of getting him to go to his work. Um, what can we do to do this? Um, I'm just thinking of a way to get him out of the house to his work. You could tell him there was a break-in. Yes, 
people working for him? They'd call him first if there was a break-in. Uh, um, perhaps we could buy something really large that they need to call him about. I tell you what, while you guys discuss this, I'm going to go over to my house and I think this might require some of my um, official equipment. Could, oh, I, hate, I would hate, especially on the heels of a promotion, could Andy maybe arrest him on some trumped up charges? And I mean, you'd have him for at least a little while before you had to let him go. But I hate to do that to your reputation after you just got a promotion, Andy. You know, that's a problem. He has too many connections in town. Well, yes, but problem? if you take him in, you'd at least an hour, you'd have him at least an hour before he pulled those strings. But I don't want to jeopardize your career. That's not that. I do, just... do you have you you've got a, a good friend in the in the department. Was that David? Uh, yeah. Maybe you could have him call him down to the office. Yeah, I, oh, could I don't do know. That. Actually, that's. So many corners. I don't know what type of clap you have there, but just an idea. Hmm. If it came, well, we need to get in there. We need to find out because Bethany is right. If he's injured, but why would he be lying? I tell you what, I'm going to get my equipment. We'll go over there in group. Um, I'll try to, um, um, Clark. You and I will confront um, the um, our Mr. Corbett. And ladies, you go to that um, greenhouse. Okay. Clara, could you boost me over the fence on your yes. side? Yes. Yes. Let's just go through my backyard. That way he, yeah. he doesn't even see us. Yeah. So I'm going to go to my house. And Everyone pick do up. a, well, do a spot hidden. Oh, you guys are there. No, it's a 97. A standard pass. pass. A ex extreme success. Nice. All right. And Bethany barely passed. Those of you who passed, um, it's, it's almost at the last moment that you glance out the window towards Mr. Corbett's house and you see that he is crossing the street uh, towards uh, Clark's house. He's still dirty from the yard. He's brushing himself off, but he's moving. He looks worried, um, but he comes right up to Clark's uh, door, knocks. Oh, go go up to the door. Wait, 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 Clark, wait, wait. Who's at the yeah, door? I, Who's that? Andy. It, it's it's a uh, uh, it's a uh, Bernard Corbett. Oh, Janet, you and I, let's go sneak out the back and go to the greenhouse now. Yeah. Uh, I don't answer the, the door yet, Clark. Hold on. Clark, keep him here. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Just a second. Yeah. Just. I I will sweep the materials into the bucket, and then I will. Um, Follow the girls afterwards. Right. Okay. I just want to make sure that the evidence that the, the fabric and the burnt stuff is, and I take the bucket with me. All right. Um, oh, just just a second, Bernard. I'll be right there. So you guys are kind of slipping into other rooms, or 
Uh, yeah, Clark has a back, back door, yeah, like back just door. kind of back out the back door. All right. All right. So, uh, you guys are there. You can't go out into the street yet because he's on the porch. Of course, of course. Oh, oh, Mr. Corbett or, or Bernard. Hey, hello. Oh, come Bernard. in. Come um, in. Uh, well, there's no time for that at the moment. Look, I just got a phone call. A shipment that I have coming in uh, is being held in New York uh, by the, uh, um, what the hell is it called? I'm, I, forgive me, I'm a little. Uh, the, the holding company? Yeah. Oh, the um, Customs. Customs, um, okay. So I'm going to need to drive uh, to New York. Uh, probably I need to leave in the next hour or so. Um, oh my. would you it, it might I might be able to come back tomorrow uh would you just keep an eye on the place um, oh of course of course um, oh, do, do you need me to drop you off somewhere or are you gonna drive no, no, yourself no, no. I'll, I'll drive train? I'll drive myself I'll drive to the train station uh you can um if I don't think any mail's gonna come it's what's tomorrow Sunday so no mail uh, but you know keep an eye on the place. Yeah, and, and if for whatever reason you're you're detained a day extra, I'll just take whatever mail you have and, and slip it into your, uh, put it yeah. on the little table by the front door. Yeah, that's good. You have a key, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, yeah, I've got to clean myself up. I'm filthy. Um, oh, yeah, doing the gardening. It's uh, looking really good as usual. Goddamn custom people. Yeah, that happens to me once in a while. I mean, I've only been doing business with them for years. and uh, Yeah. They'll act like they suddenly don't know who I am. Let me go figure. All right. Uh, uh, hey, do you do you want to? You can uh, see that he's he's actually physically shaking just a little bit. Can I do a psychology roll to see if I can read anything into this? Is sure. He, well, no, uh, I think it's obvious he's angry about something. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's pretty pretty you know, obvious. Oh, and I got yeah. Well, I, Darn, I got a hard success on this. Okay. Yeah, you can <laughs> tell that he's upset, but yeah. you, you got a hard success. You think that he might be upset by something more than what he's talking about. You're not even 100% sure that this makes any sense if he's making this up for some reason. Uh, obviously, he has to go somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, he says, uh, he says, thanks, Frank. You're a great guy. Thank you. Okay. So in a slightly elevated voice, so others will hear, uh, um, uh, don't worry, Bernard, I'll, I'll take care of your house for the rest of today and, and the weekend. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much. And he turns around and goes back to the house and, uh, goes back inside. And, uh, so what do you guys do? We watch from the corner of the porch. Well, you were able to hear. Yeah, were we able to hear Clark? Probably. Yeah, I mean, you're just for hiding. Like, yeah, yeah, just on the side of the house, ready. He's gonna go, guys. Yeah, so I'll walk back into the. Seems very suspicious timing. Yeah, if we're all you know chatting, Uh, seems very suspicious timing. Well, he's gonna. I'm gonna. He's going to be gone in about an hour. I'm going to go over to my house, take it a roundabout way, and I'll get um, what I feel I need to get have with me. I probably should have my service revolver with me at least. So, 
So if if he's going to take his car, his car's parked in his garage. So if any of you are suspecting that there's foul play involved with Frank, um, maybe maybe one of you could keep an eye on the garage, make sure nothing unusual be, is brought into the garage before he drives away. So when we go search. Oh, there's no garage. Remember, there's just like a carport on the side. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's a, a carport. Yeah. Okay, so we can look right into it and see the car. Okay. Yeah. I'm already watching out Clark's window. All right. Okay. All right. All right. So there we go. That's that's better than waiting till tomorrow. Just in case Frank's maybe hurt or something like that. And I mean, Bernard might not even know that he's hurt if he like fell down and someplace in the back. And oh, pish, Clark. What if he puts his body in the trunk? Well, you would we, definitely be able to see that. Yeah, <laughs> if, if we see anything like that, I will lead the charge myself over there. But we've got one hour, then we can go over and we can search the place. But I mean, if, if he's not bringing anything unusual into the car to go, we should just let him go. And then we can get to the bottom of this. I am just going to stare out the window until he drives away down the street. Okay. That's still going to be a little bit of time. So after about an hour, uh, you see, you see uh, uh, Mr. Corbett uh, come out. He's dressed, uh, dressed. He's got his jacket, uh, but he's not wearing his jacket. He's got a shirt on with a tie. Uh, he gets into the car and uh, rather quickly and abruptly pulls out and drives away. And the house is empty why are we even whispering let's go <laughs> why are we whispering <laughs> no let's go yep let's go because we're sneaking around andy <laughs> we're the only Don't people think we on need the to street janet okay, no one else so lives here i'll i'll get the key i'll cross the street and uh we'll uh Where'd you see um, him get the clothing and stuff from, Janet? From around the house, side of the house, around the backyard, I think. I mean, it could have been anywhere back there. Right. He has that shed. Clark, you there. go ahead and check the house. Um, Janet, you, I, you want to come with us, Clark? Because you know, what, um, you've been in that greenhouse before. I have, and I saw someone moving around in there last night. I know it. Now, Bethany, you want to come with us or do you want to go with Clark? Well, Beth, do you want to see that if it's something terrible? Well, let's not jump to such conclusions. I mean, Clark's investigating the, the house, yes? Too. Yes. Then I'm going with Clark because if he's burning his clothes, if Corbett is burning his clothes, he might be kept prisoner in the house. Okay. I did not Good see idea. my wedding ring on him, and I did not see his mason's ring. Those are two things he never takes off unless he's washing his hands. So All I'm right. going with Clark into the house. All right. All right. So let me get that straight. Are we all going into the house? No. Clara, Three Andy, of us are Janet are going to the greenhouse. Okay. 
So Clark and Bethany are going in the house? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Greenhouse. All right, let's let's do the greenhouse first. Um all right. Uh the three of you uh go to the greenhouse. Uh you walk up to it and um you can see, uh, especially uh, Clara and Janet, you can see that the lock uh, has changed. Changed. Um, the, the, uh, the chain is the same, but he's now put uh, a different lock uh, that, mm. on, on there. So uh, do a spot hidden. No. Oops, you went quiet again. Uh, it's a regular success. Okay. Um, and Officer Andy, nothing? Okay. Uh, Janet, you look down and uh, it takes you a second to sort of rummage around with your eyes, but you see the glint of metal. And when you reach down, you find the uh, uh, a sort of the twisted uh, hasp of the uh, previous lock. Uh, looks like it's been bent. Um, it must have popped out of the lock and fallen on the ground. I hand it to Andy. Hmm. Look around. Is there any tool I can use to pop the lock on this one? Um, there's no tool here. All right. I'm going to go right over to his shed. Okay. So that's right. I gotta see if he has a crowbar or a wedge or something I can use to... You go over to his shed, and yeah, I mean, he's got gardening tools and things like that. He's got a complement of hammers and screwdrivers and things like that. And he has two crowbars. All right. Which one? You know, I look at them. Do, uh, does one look newer than the other, or one looks like it's been recently used? They're both, they both have that sort of red uh paint job that a lot of them had and they both look well worn but they've been used all right so. i'm just gonna grab one and okay as i come back i let uh clara and jan know he had two of these in his shed as two i go crowbars? In, yeah i go beth said that he that the crowbar was missing from their house do a do a strength roll officer yeah, a hard great. success. Okay. It, you log, you pop a lot better difficulty. All right. Well done, Andy. Normally I'd say ladies first, but you'll understand if I go in first. We insist. Yes, please. I carefully open the door and take a look around and step in. Okay. Once again, you're hit with the heat blast and uh, the humidity. Um, it's uh, pretty, pretty high. Um, the plants look like they're thriving. Things look like they're growing beautifully. Um, you step inside, which, what do you want to do? Yeah, step aside, take a look around. I'll go, uh, see, this area seems clear. Yeah, everything seems in perfect order the way it was the other day. Um, and as you're walking about, uh, do a spot hidden. All three of us or just Andy? You can all three, you can do it because you're all kind of walking around. Okay. Woo. No. I had an extreme success there. That was a 99. 
I'm not okay. rolling well tonight. <laughs> Janet's Janet's busy looking at the pretty flowers and the carnivorous plants. Um, Andy, as you're looking, as you're moving towards the back of the greenhouse, uh, you notice that there is like a black, oily stain on the wooden slats in the floor. Um, now, you haven't been in the greenhouse, so you don't really notice, but in front of the uh, the big bush with the purple flowers all over it, um, there is a large, like he's like, like he had spilled oil or something all over the floor and then mopped it up. Uh, it's not red. It's not blood. Yes. All right. Clara, Janet, you've been in this greenhouse before. Did he? There's, there seems to be a large oil spill in front of that one plant over there. Yeah, you definitely would have noticed that that was there. It's that wasn't there before. He's very meticulous and clean. Can mm. I like take a swipe and like smell it? Well, it has been scrubbed, but um, oh, okay. Uh, it's got a very sweet sort of smell, almost candy-like smell to it. It's sweet. Thought it was like sweet. oil, but it's, it's yeah, like I almost want to lick it off my finger. I'm not going oh. to. That would be foolish, but it smells very sweet. That's strange. Perhaps this flower secretes some kind of um like I'll a, poke my finger up into one of the flowers to see if it smells like it has like the nectar, it smells the same. Do a luck roll. Oh no, that's a terrible failure. Okay. 89 out of 35. So you you stick your finger up into the flower and um, you get just a little bit of this yellowish pollen on the on the, the tip of your finger. Um, and you you sort of smell the flower. It smells, it's very sweet, um, like um, flowers. Uh, but you don't recognize the smell. It's not immediately, it's, you would say floral, but you don't know. It's not roses, it's not lilies, it's something. I don't know, Clara. It doesn't seem to mm. smell the same as... Not like candy. Mm. It smells like flowers, not like candy. Right, right. Looking around, I'm mm. looking around for any signs of struggle or anything that would, you know, also, since she met, did mention rings, and so I'm looking around also for, you know, like... The pot, those two rings right um you don't see anything in bits of me if if there were any bits of metal um let's say let's say there was a ring the ring couldn't have fallen between the slats the slats are you know very very close together um you don't see any bits of if, if there was a piece of metal you would see it because it's a wooden slatted floor um mm. Janet, as you're standing there, your the tip of your finger is starting to itch just a little bit. And you if you look Janet? at your finger, you notice there's little red speckles where that pollen was. Oh. Um, oh, I think I need to go wash my hands. I I might be allergic to that flower. I there is in fact a sink. Uh, in the the front end of the greenhouse, a big deep sink, you know. 
uh, I'm going to go wash my my hand in that in the sink, and I'll go do that. All right. Uh, you go do that, and um, it seems to relieve some of the itching. But you do notice that there, it's almost like there are little black burn marks that, that begin to form, like you've gotten a, a chemical of some sort on you. Oh, oh dear. Oh. Um, Clara, Clara, take, take a look. I, I don't know. I, I think maybe I shouldn't have oh. touched that flower. Yeah, don't, don't, you know, none of us should uh, touch that flower. We don't know anything about it. Not even the botany professor knew anything about it. Yeah. Officer yeah. Andy, where are you in the green? I'm going to, so they're saying that I'm going to follow them. Okay. Because I'm, and since I know that Clara touched that green stuff, I'm concerned that maybe she might be. Right. Yeah. Um, so what is this? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Burned from the, uh, Where's that idol? You the idol's about? sitting right there. In the oh, wow. of the bush. Yeah, I'll um, point you to it. It's over there. You're going to go look at the idol? Yeah, I'll go take a look at it real quick. All right. Um, so you're looking at the idol. Janet, you're washing the stuff off. Clara, you're looking at it. It looks like she's been burned by a oh. chemical of some sort. And you do know there are toxic plants. Mm-hmm. So... Um, uh, but I'd like Clara and Janet to do a spot hidden. <laughs> I even switched out nights and still didn't get anything. Thirty-six. That's better. That's a. It's a regular. Okay. Um, Clara's looking at your finger. Janet, you're looking at her. You look over at Officer Andy, and as you look at Officer Andy, you suddenly notice that all of the purple flowers on the vine are doing this. And they're slowly turning towards where Officer Andy is standing. Clara. What's wrong? What's wrong? Clara, the flowers, the flowers. You said they moved before. Do you see it too? Andy, Andy, move away from the plant. Andy, Andy. All right, move away. All right. And they stop moving. What was it? That this is going to sound unbelievable, but it's like the flowers of the plant were moving in on you. But as no. soon as you moved away, they like they went back to where they were before. No, they just we both saw moving. it. No, they stopped. Yeah. Look, look! Don't you see? Don't they look closer to you than they were before? Did I notice that? Well, I mean, you definitely notice that they're all pointing right where you were standing. Yeah, you're right. Oh my God, you know. I will take a few steps forward. Okay. And I, I'm gonna see if I'm gonna move to like a slightly different area from where Andy is. Andy, Andy, watch them. And I'm gonna okay. step like off to the side to see if they they track me. Okay. So you move towards, let's say, a, a, another area, but getting closer and closer to um, nothing happens for a few minutes, but then as you're standing there, all of a sudden, one of the flowers nearest you turns a little bit, and then the others start to follow suit, like they're, they're tracking you, like they can sense where you are. Do you see him? Andy, do you see him? Yeah. 
I don't know what to make of this, but th- better this move away good. before something happens. Yeah, move away from that. I take several steps back away from the flames. Okay, and they once again they stop moving. Mm-hmm. I don't like this. this. This I feels bad. This Maybe we should wrong. go check on Beth and Clark. I, t- oh. I say, well, let me look at that finger of yours, Janet. Has it gotten better or worse? It's it's not any worse, but it it does definitely have some little black burn marks. Um, and it hurts. I mean, it it burns a little, you know, but it doesn't seem like it's getting worse. Yeah. Smell it or have Clara smell it. See if it smells like that stuff that's on the floor. Yeah, it smells sweet. Oh, it's sweet. Like candy sweet? But Well, not like it was because you've washed whatever it was off. But yeah, there's definitely... A, Yes, I look at the floor, look at the finger, look at the floor. Nah. All right. He has some strange plants. Right. I don't like being in here, you know. This is not good. This is not good. No. So you guys are going to go in to the house where the others are? Yeah. I'm going to make sure to shut the greenhouse. And obviously I broke the lock, but... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Well, he's not going to be back until tomorrow. If we don't find anything else, we can at least replace the lock. Yeah. All right. So let's jump strange. back to uh, Bethany and Clark. All right. All right. Well, so you go through the, you go into the entryway and uh, you can see all the same things that we've seen before in the front room the pieces of art. Um, the cabinet and so forth. Um, towards the back, there's like a dining room and the kitchen. And then off to the side, there is a guest room. And in the kitchen, there's a pantry as well. Um, it's sort of, I wouldn't say a standard layout. All of your houses are different. Yeah. But it's the same things that you would have in your house. There's even, there's a cloak room to, you know, our so just taking a moment to listen, do, do we hear any movement, any muffled noises in the house? Do a listen. All right. 43. I think that is a, uh, oh, that's a fail. Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't hear too well. Nope. Bethany? I got a hard success on... Beth's listen roll. Okay. So listen, Bethany hasn't been in Mr. Buffett's house. Fuck you. So she's not at ease. You are a little more at ease than she was. So so she's, her her senses are heightened. And uh, as she's um, standing next to you, she grabs you and she's like, what was that? And Bethany, you think you heard something upstairs like a thump. That, that might There's something upstairs. It was a light thump. Okay. All right. Well, let's go. I'll go. Uh, as we, uh, uh, do we, is there like a, a poker or something like that? Like a fire poker next to the. Sure. Yeah, just in case some something's locked and we need something to pry it open, I'm, I'll go grab a, a fire poker by the fireplace, and then uh, I'll start going towards the uh, stairs. Okay. 
Shall we ah. say that you guys have looked around at everything down here on the first floor? Oh, you've seen yeah, the dining I mean, room. You've seen the kitchen. No. Well, yeah, nothing. So by the here, time you over everything, by the time you have finished doing that and you hear the noise, uh, Andy and Janet and Clara join. They come in. Oh, okay. Hey guys. Yeah. Bethany thinks uh, she heard something upstairs. We're just about to go up to see what that might be. Did you find anything in the uh, garden house? Some that really strange plant plants. In there is very weird. Do you remember that picture I showed you, Clark, of the one, the plant with the little idol in front of it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. That plant, I swear to you, Clark, it moves. When, when people get close to it, it moves toward them. It follows you around the room. How, how odd. Yeah, and yeah, it, I and saw Janet it was burned. Janet, look. Joe, Joe, my finger. finger. Oh, my God, Janet. That was just from touching the plant. I've the, had the, some the sort pollen. of bad reaction. Oh, my God. I'm wondering if Frank got burned and and Bernard's scared we're going to sue him or something, and he's trying to wrap this up. I wonder if something he went, upstairs? Yeah, I wonder if he rushed to get a doctor. Uh, here, let's go upstairs. That might be Frank. I have a crowbar here in case we need it. Oh, wonderful. I just grabbed the poker just in case the door's locked. All right. Frank? Frank, is that you? There's no response. Oh, is that? We lost you, Tom. Oh, there's no response. So I'll, I'll go upstairs at a steady pace? Yeah. So will I. Okay. Um, you get to the top of the landing, and uh, it's a fairly you know, it's a rectangular house. Uh, you... If to to describe it, you you get up to the top of the landing, and there is a window looking out into the backyard, and there is a door on your left, just one door on your left, and then the hallway sort of twists back around the, the stairs back this way, and there are one, two, three, maybe four doors going around, you know, in the square of the house. So the front of the the front of the house has at least two two rooms and maybe like a linen closet. And then there's two more rooms to your right, one to your left. Okay. Well the one immediately to the Sorry. left, I'll just reversal. One to your right and all others <laughs> to your left. <laughs> the, the one at the immediate uh, uh, landing point. Okay. the stairs. I'll do a, a double knock okay. out of politeness just in case there's a guest and then I'll open the door. All right. Um, you open the room and you have discovered uh, Bernard's uh, bedroom. It's the master bedroom. Um, uh, it is exceptionally neat. There is a, a large bed. Um, uh, do you guys all sort of file in? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll stay in the hallway, keeping an okay. eye out. Uh, you, I threw you a window look inside in case Corbett comes back. Ah, that's that's a good idea. Uh, you look around inside the bedroom. Uh, you find, I like I say, he's got a nice bed. He's got a, a, a table, a, a bed stand. Uh, there is a fireplace 
Um, there's a small mantle. There are pictures of his wife. Uh, there are pictures of he and his wife, wedding pictures. Um, there's a rather, um, I'd say disturbing picture, not because it's disturbing, because you're seeing Mr. Corbett and his wife very happy, laughing, having their picture taken in a park. It makes him seem very normal. Um, you keep reassessing, how could this possibly be, Mr. Corbett, what you guys are suspecting. And everything in here seems normal. There are clothes in the closet. Um, there are no women's clothes. So he may have stored her clothing or got rid of it over the years. Um, you guys are moved by how normal everything looks. Um, what do you want to do next? There's not, you don't find anything unusual. So, so in the closet, there's, there's nothing other than just clothes. Right. Some pairs of shoes, nice shoes. Okay. Yeah. I'm ultimately looking for Frank. So I'm looking in areas that would be big enough to have a person. Right. Under the bed in the closet and such. So back out into the hallway. I'm going to move Frank down there. to, I got to move down to the next door since I'm the first person in the hallway since I stayed there. And I'm gonna go to the next door down. Okay, you can just—that's just across from where you are. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, we'll call that the northmost door uh, on the the left. Um, you open that door as they're coming out. Um, that appears to be a study. Uh, it's got books. It's got a little desk. Um, you want to go inside there? Yeah, I'll take a look inside right. as I open it. Are you guys are finished in the bedroom? Are you going to join him in the, the study? I'll, I'll go take a door that, that hasn't been opened yet. I'll okay. just take watch. Claire is feeling a little conflicted, so she's just going to right. watch. And I'll go ahead with uh, Janet. Okay. I guess Beth will go in with Andy. All right, so Beth and Andy, you're stepping into the study. Um but before we get to you, uh, Clark and Janet are moving down the hallway. Uh, you open up the first door and you can see that it's like a guest room. Uh, it's immaculate, but it's obviously nobody has used it. He just cleans it to make sure that it's clean. You've never seen him have a guest, at least not since before his wife died. Uh, the next room also is a guest room. And then there's a, a linen closet. And then the final room uh, next to the bathroom appears to be what was going to be a nursery. Uh, but uh, the furniture hasn't been maintained and so forth. But as you are in the nursery, uh, the two of you can do spot hiddens. Ninety-eight. Seventy-three. I'll push that if I can. Okay. Twenty-five. Okay, that's good. That's a hard success. All right. Um, Janet, 
as you are looking around, you maybe inadvertently move the crib a little bit. Uh, and when you do, something underneath it moves. And like a flash of lightning um, that makes you both yell and scream, something comes out from underneath that, that bassinet and runs into the hallway with a clump of clump, clump like this. It's small. It's maybe only um, two feet high. Uh, there's a, a flurry of black hair and the, uh, the, the, the feeling you get is it's almost like a cat, but it's, it's definitely not a cat. It's something that, that you, you can't really describe and you don't get a good look at it because you jump so high when it moves. Uh, Andy, you hear something, you hear them scream, of course, and you see something quickly move across the hallway and into the uh, opposite bedroom. And then there's a kind of a, a squeaky noise that sounds like an attic door being pulled down and some thumping. And then you can hear thumping up above you. Um, so you're all suddenly startled by this, by Janet and Clark's scream. You guys what can do. Uh, you guys can do a uh, sanity roll. Forty. It's a pass. Thirty-seven to pass. Larry, you also saw something move. Yeah. <laughs> Twenty-one. So that's a, a success. All right. If you succeed, just don't take any uh, points. Uh, if you fail, take one point, just for being startled. What was that? I don't know. It was like, it was small. It was hairy. I don't know, like a small dog or a cat, big cat. I don't know. A huge rat or something. What I don't was think that? it was a cat. It was terrible. I don't know what it was. It was, I've never seen anything move like that before. I step into the um, the bedroom it ran into. Um, knowing what I heard, I look up near the bedroom um, ceiling. Does there seem to be an attic entrance? There? Oh yeah. Well, you you have to come all the way from the, the study back down the hall. Yeah. Um, they're much closer. But yes, when you look into the room, it's it's another empty guest room. But there is an attic, a pull-down attic thing with a ladder that extends. And that has been now pulled down and extends. So it's open. It's coming down into the room. And the attic is open. Oh, did, did it? Did it? Yeah, did it Clark, I heard something attic? go up in the attic. Yeah, yeah, I heard the same thing. Something scatter scurrying around up there. It, yeah. it was probably a thing. It's, it's. I mean, if you're gonna go up there, be careful. I don't know if it's a yeah. rabbit, raccoon, or a dog. Or I'll I mean, it go didn't up there. Work. I, I got the crowbar ready here. I don't think I need to use a pistol on a raccoon, but I'll go up there. Why don't you, Clark? Why don't you, in case it tries to come back down the stairs, you be ready with that poker. Okay, I got. Yeah, I'll get. I'll get. A good Excuse me, ladies. Poker. Be careful, Andy. Oh, do we have a? I got. So I did bring my police harness. I'm gonna pull out a flashlight. Okay. Yeah. Unless there's a little light thing up there. 
uh, Andy, Officer Andy, you uh, go up the stairs. Is anybody going to go up with him? It's kind of half ladder, half stairs. All right, Andy. Uh, you go up there. There are a number of boxes, trunks, um, things stacked up, old furniture, and so forth. Exactly what you'd expect to see in an attic. Unlike the rest of the house up here, it's kind of dusty, you know. Um, and it it covers the whole top of the house. Um, hmm. Do a do a spot hidden. All right. Oh, five. Wow. Okay. You see in the dust, there, there is something quite odd. Um, you see a human footprint. Um, you see a number of human footprints moving away from the door off into the dark shadows of the attic but when you look it's only a left foot there's not a right foot there's a little it's, stump on the other side no nothing at all it just uh and the the the, the, the they're in in a, a, a alignment straight ahead um you also see a couple spots that look like handprints Nice. Are these man-sized hands or they're, they're adults. Yeah, definitely adults. All right. I, I put the crowbar, I pull out the pistol now. Because okay. there's obviously something up here. Hey, Are you, you saying something? any of this? Yeah, I've seen some footprints here, but it's only one foot, but they're fresh. So I'm, I'm going to come halfway up the ladder just so I can like be... At the entrance, I'll I'll still Clark, block the entrance, but I'm not. Clark, gonna... come up here. I need you to, um, you know, be up here just in case. Just be ready. I'm gonna yep. start. I I start heading towards where I see the footprints going. Okay. Flashlight in one hand, pissed revolver in the other. Right. It's definitely left a clear trail where it's going. See what I mean, Clark? Yeah, this is really weird. Um, yeah, be be careful. I'll stay right here by the hatch, the door down. Are any of the ladies uh, want to poke their heads up? I'm going to look around for like a candlestick or something that I can grab because I did not bring anything with me. Okay. Um, there's nothing directly where you are. Um, but uh, you walk back down towards the study since you know there's a lot of things in the study. Um, in the study, there are there is a uh, another uh, uh, outlet for the fireplace. Um, so there is a, uh, a poker that's next to it. And as you look around, you see there's quite a few books and things. Um, one in particular, well, it's not one. Uh, right above his desk, there are fourteen identical. Uh, not particularly thick books, and they are numbered um, according to year. Uh, so it's uh, it looks like it's the present year going all the way back to 1909. So 1909, 1910, 1911. They look like they might be journals. 
So you see that, and then you. I, I'm well, gonna. You, you, I'll you reach can. up and grab one and the poker because uh -huh. I'm nosy. <laughs> and I head back into the hallway with the poker in 1923. Okay. We won't uh, do it that way, but Beth yes. will be <laughs> okay. at the bottom of the Beth will be at the bottom of the steps leading up to the okay. attic. All right. Because she's she's wondering, okay, there's a person up there. He said he saw footprints and handprints. Frank could be up there. Okay. So she's watching intently, going, Is everything okay? Do you see anything? Um, Officer Andy, you uh, are following the footprints. Clark, you're right behind. Uh, Bethany's at the bottom of the stairs. Uh, Officer Andy, as you move forward, whatever it is went behind these boxes, kind of in the corner of the attic. Um, Clark, you go to that side. I'll take this side, and hopefully we can get it. Okay, should should we try closing the, the door so it doesn't escape? Yeah, probably, well. Or actually, it would just run into everybody else, so I think. Yeah. Okay, so I'll go in the direction you just pointed out. All right. All right, so you guys are in a position where you're 90% you're sure something is on the other side of these boxes. You guys are on either end of the box. Um, what move do you want to make? I will, uh, Clark, go ahead and move the box. I have my light flashlight here and my pistol. It, it's a big box. You'd have oh. to go around. Oh, okay. We're going to go around it. Around it. I go around. And he's ready in case it comes out to his side. Yeah. Okay. So what happens is this. Um, Andy and Clark make a, do you make a rather sudden move or do you go slowly or what do you do? It's, it's literally got, I'll make a, I'll right make thing. a sudden move. Like All right. with flashlight ready. And I'm ready to, if it's, you know, hopefully it's not Frank. If it isn't Frank, then Saranara, whatever it is. You poke, you suddenly come around the corner with the flashlight and um, two glaring eyes catch the light and shine back at you. And you are looking into the face of a woman. She might, well, you're looking into the face of a woman's head with long black hair and from the side of her head, two human arms and hands come out. And from her neck, straight down, is a, a human leg and a foot attached to it. Nothing else. And when, she, when you hit her with the light and she sees you, she opens up her mouth and she, like a, like a scared cat. And she immediately vaults up into the air with this powerful leg. And there's just suddenly noise everywhere crashing. You guys can do sanity rolls as you see this. 
It's like you've cornered a cat in the attic. Oh my goodness, what's going on up there? I don't Holy shit! Uh, Pat. <laughs> ah! All right, I think if you pass, you need to do at least a 1d4. Okay. Actually, I'll okay. say a 1d2, and then if you fail, 1d4. Got Correct. it. I lost yeah. two points. Two points as well. All right, and this thing immediately starts bouncing off of everything, vaulting, like literally like a cat in terror. And uh, it heads for the opening. And uh, ladies, as you're standing there looking up, wondering what happens, all of a sudden this human face, this woman's head appears with black hair and a foot and two arms. And it appears at the hole, it hisses at you, and then it sort of vaults itself towards the, uh, the door of the room. And you hear it immediately clamber off into the house somewhere. You guys can all do sanity rolls. Regular. Oh, that's a fail. That's a 70. I failed by one. I'm okay with this, though. I'm okay with this. If you, once again, if you failed D4, and if you didn't do it. What the hell was that, Clark? I have no idea. I I, I, I don't know. Oh. It went downstairs, ladies. All, yeah, it was, I rushed towards the steps. Going. You also noticed that uh, Janet's got a, a journal in her hand. Janet, what's that? I don't know what just happened. I I don't. I don't. That thing, that creature. You, huh? you saw this too, right? Oh. It was the face of a woman with yeah. two arms and a yeah. foot. Okay. <clears throat> Maybe that explains the arm that you two saw. So so I'm oh. I'm rushing down if I I'm gonna try to give chase, even though it's had a good bit of head start. I'll go out into the hallway then if I can get down yeah. there. Okay. Um it's it's at this point it's lost somewhere in the house um it's moved so quick like like i'd say like a cat um yeah. i'm pretty sure it went downstairs but you don't know didn't seem to attack anyone i don't know if it's a real threat but man what it the heck to be terrified is mr, Cor- what the heck is mr. corbett doing i don't know but if frank's in here we need to find him and get the hell yeah. out but there's nothing up in the in none of these rooms had anything. What did they what did you find, Janet? I oh I picked up this this journal, but I, I don't know. I mean it just I thought I, I don't know what I was thinking. Well, maybe um, if is that his journal? Maybe he said something about Frank in it. Yeah. Where'd you I, find I, these? Um back here in the study. There's a whole bunch of them. Clara, why don't you go in there? Okay. Um I'll I'm going to stand guard in front of the door here in case that thing's got a Clark. You want to join me? Bethany, why don't you go in the room and help him out in case that thing comes back? Okay. All right. Well, okay. I'm going to make the suggestion. Sounds, sounds good. Since we're, we're, uh, we're at an interesting position. When you go in there, you find there are, I think there are 14 journals. Um, uh, sure. Uh, why don't yeah. we take turns reading them all right i've I, you you're not going to read all 14 of them but 
Um, you're going to read excerpts. <laughs> um, so, but do a spot hidden while you're in there. Oh, you can all do it. Success. Regular success. Yeah, it's better. Yeah, I'm looking for that R thing. That's a hard success on Bethany's part. All right. So amongst the other books that you find in there, um, some some odd, odd things. You do find a Koran uh, that seems to be written in Arabic. Um, you find a book called 20 Experiments in the Occult by the charlatan Dr. Arthur Turnley. Um, you find True Magic by Theophilus Wen. And you find um, uh, The Key and the Gate written by, uh, it was written in Sanskrit. Um, yeah. the, uh, the book Magic by Theophilus Wen seems to have an unusual cover on it you think it might be snakeskin <laughs> that it's bound in. Uh, but you find these 14 journals. And just for the sake of the game, we're going to assume that you guys sit there for a while and you read through them to find out what the story is. This will tell you a great deal. Um, so I probably won't have to answer questions after we're all done with some of this. Um, who would like to take the first one? We can just go around. Yeah. All right. So Bethany is going to take the first one. Um, Journal Volume 1, 1909. September 10th. Another embarrassing memory lapse today. This journey should help me deal with the problem. September 13th. I have had mother sign the last of the legal papers that transfer ownership of Corbett Importers of America over to me. She seems to be doing fairly well in the new nursing home, and I hope that they can give her the treatment and attention she needs. I'm afraid, however, that her condition may continue to decline. The death of father seems to have unhinged her mind. If there was a way I could include her, if I could explain his sacrifice in my being chosen. But she never, she would never understand the power of Lord Ramasekva. Ramasekva. Okay. If only she had been there and experienced those moments on the mountain where he appeared in all his terrible magnificence. How he spoke with father and me and left his mark upon my heart and soul without seeing, without knowing she could never understand how my Lord took father and the two became one. I saw it with my own eyes. I saw it. How before devouring him, Ramasekva removed my father's head and drank down his soul. And now they are one. Glorious. October 29th. And a charming young woman at St. Paul's Ice Cream Social. Her name is Lynn Mayers. She is beautiful and charming. She hails from Omaha and is here taking care of an elderly relative. I have arranged to take her to the picnic next weekend. I'm sure my Lord would approve of her. December 12th. Spent 30 hours in ceremony. The Soma allowed me to commune with Lord Ramasekva. He spoke to me of a great plan. 
how he would raise all of mankind up to a new plane of existence. But to accomplish this, he must create a bridge to this world and needs my help. I was reluctant, but he filled my heart with love and warmth, so I know he spoke truly. And so I have agreed. My studies have shown that Ramasekva is an obscure Asura, an East Indian demigod or Titan. The Asura are said to be older gods, the ones who ruled before the coming of Shiva. Certain things spoken of in Wen's book lead me to believe that there may be a link to other obscure to another obscure being called Yogsathoth. I was going to check the Miskatonic University Library to see if I could find another reference, but when I mentioned it to the head librarian, he was startled by my words. In any case, he was of no help. Uh, wants to take volume two? January 10th. I found myself wanting to make Lynn my wife and have sealed the thought by proposing to her. She accepted, and we have set the date of marriage for March 9th of this year. Ramasevki assures me the time is perfect. April 13th. Having returned from our long, wonderful honeymoon, Lynn and I decided to keep the family place as it is excellent for raising children. In May, all being well, Lynn will accompany me on the business trip to Kathmandu. This will be my last trip out of the country for a while. A man who plans to have a family must be willing to settle down for a bit. July 1st. I had to send Lynn to visit her mother while I cast the ceremony. I don't believe she's ready to understand yet. Ramasevka has told me that he wants an incarnation with mankind as in the days of old. Lynn will be his chosen vessel. Ramasevka is, is to take my form and place for a single night when the stars are right. Soon. August 18th. I arose early to catch the sunrise and cast the ritual as he instructed me before my beloved wife awakened from her slumber. Ramasevka appeared and took my form. I waited in the basement while he waited for Lynn for several hours. She seemed to suspect nothing. February 19. I have told Lynn to remain in bed throughout the day as she is taken ill from her pregnancy. I have hired a nurse to take care of her while I am at work. April 23. Lynn has been troubled by nightmares this past week. She remained sleeping for many hours. This morning, I took the opportunity to come contact Ramasekva. When the time comes, I am to deliver the child myself at home. My master has directed me to raise this child as if it were my own. It will be the savior of the world and lead us all to my Lord. May 6. Horror of horrors. My life is in ashes. Poor Lynn went into labor today, and in the course of giving birth, she expired despite all I had, all I did to try and save her. She gave birth to twins. The more human one was stillborn. Nurse Dunlap blundered into the room at the wrong moment, and when she saw the second child, she lost her mind and became hysterical, then fainted. In trying to take care of the screaming nurse, I must have neglected Lynn at a critical moment. My lovely wife is dead, and I blame only myself. My firstborn, a boy, is also dead, and I have turned both bodies over to the funeral home. The child of Ramasekva I have concealed in the basement. 
The thing is limbless and appears to have trouble breathing. I don't think it will live for very long. May 8th, the funeral for Lynn and the child was held. I was surprised how many people came. It only reminded me how much she was loved. Her parents were heartbroken and I felt pity for me and felt pity for me. I later consoled them and promised to stay in touch. Eventually everyone left and I sat alone, missing the sound of her in the house. After that, I couldn't stop crying. May 13, the ceremony of Ramasekva brought him forth to explain the child. He said the child would live in a state of stasis for 10 years and that I am to spend those years in preparation, learning new skills my Lord would, will teach me. When the time comes, I am to equip the child for life on earth. It will be given organs, limbs, and lungs. But for now, there is time. I will dust off my old medical books. Journals, volume four through 10, 1912 to 1918. Nothing of interest, medical notes, occasional slight references to the child, but nothing else. Journal, volume 11, 1919. December 14, I have found someone to help me, a man named Randolph Tomaszkowski. He works at the local hospital and assures me that he can supply me with parts necessary for the advanced experiments I need to conduct over the next few years. He is a troubled young man, but I need his help. I have agreed to supply him with small amount of the drugs he desires, and he in return will try to fill my requests. Perhaps through my example of upright behavior, he will find a way to better himself. For now, he seems particularly irreligious and bitter, but with time that may change. Next week, I will make my first trip to the dump and see what my confederate has been able to find for me. The new experiments should prove a challenge, but I have every confidence that I can learn them, or I, that I can learn, especially with my Lord Rama Seska's guidance. Journal, Volume 13, 1921, May 14th. The child grows large, and the time has come. I took the Soma and entered into communion with Rama Sekva. He told me that when winter has arrived, that I am to search out fresh human limbs and organs to be added to the creature. The time for experimenting with animal parts is now over. As the thing is still a child, I will use only the limbs and organs of children. My experiments show that the more youthful parts adapt much better than the older ones. Any parts that are unusable, I am directed to feed to the child. Rama Sekfa wants it to develop a taste for such things and says that it will soon grow to its purpose. A bright new day will dawn and the world will be cleansed of all the corruption. No more pain or suffering, no more conflicts, a world where no child will die in the womb and love will reign forever. You can read the next one. <laughs> Journal, volume 14, 1922. This volume contains only more vague references and cannot easily be understood. There is mention of a woman named Lucy and how delightful she is, but there are no romantic references or details about a relationship. Volume 15, 1923, March 13th. Tomaszewski says I am asking too much of him and claims that he is having difficulty supplying me with parts. 
I have boosted the strength of the drug I give the man, hoping that it will entice him to be more cooperative. I fear, however, that the drug simply exacerbates his derangement, and I do not think he is ready for Soma. He would lose his mind. I must admit to feeling guilty, aiding and abetting his false beliefs. It seems somehow wrong. However, telling him the truth would only serve to further unhinge his mind. So for now, I will continue to pretend that I am a follower of his satanic master. I value the services Tomaszewski renders too much to risk further damage to his grasp on reality. I am guilty too because the boy is not really a bad person. Deep down inside, he's good. He's just angry at life for the way it has treated him. I have said it many times that I hope he finds a brighter path. One can hope for the best. The needs of the child increase all the time. Most of the child's organs are now in place and a few limbs have been attached. The grafts heal nicely. My years of experimenting are paying off. March 28th through March 25th. These dates contain similar statements to those above. The increasing growth rate of the child, which he now calls Adami Bhagavan, the occasional lucky or unlucky amputation from some hapless farm child which Tomaszewski leaves in the dump and odd statements about the amusing distractions of Lucy. Maybe it's a cat? June 23rd. Barbecue at the Grants across the street. Nice food. Got upset with the news about Tomaszewski. We'll have to have a chat with him. June 24th. Apparently, Tomaszewski was questioned about the animal slaying over three months ago, and he never said a goddamn thing about it to me. I'm not a man who enjoys confrontation, but I felt it was necessary to remind him that our Dark Lord Satan would not be pleased at how Satan's plans would not come to fruition if he got caught. I made the threat seem quite real and told him that a horrible fate awaited him if he fucked up, to use his own vulgarity, and reduced him to nearly tears. Ah, to see such a tough little thug like him cry, but I think he got the message. I honestly didn't know he was still killing animals. I thought we had moved past that. June 30th. The problem of interacting with my neighbors, however pleasant it may be at the time, is that it just keeps growing. Clark asked me about looking at my garden and it turned into a chicken festival. Clark wasn't even there. I spent about an hour showing the ladies around my garden and leaving the greenhouse for last. I was very sure none of them would recognize anything, so I felt it was safe, but I had to limit their time inside. Told them it was a carefully regulated environment and such. It was close, however, and Dr. Shaw wanted some pictures next to the Morton Carnatum Purpurea. She lingered only a moment too long, but I don't think she noticed the plant tracking her. I managed to get her out in time. July 1st, two new parts from Tomaszewski, a large intestine and an arm, looks like from a little girl, an amputation, sad for the kid. I attached them with no difficulty at all. July 4th, Independence Day, felt very depressed. I used to do a lot of social things with Lynn, parties, holidays, 
my neighbors mean well when they invite me, but they don't really understand how their happiness reminds me that I too was happy once long ago. Family is so important. Shannon, Dr. Clara brought me some food. That was nice. They told me they had uh, shown a picture of the uh, Morticarinantum to a botanist. Ha, he will never manage to identify a plant that comes from someplace outside the sphere of Earth. I am tempted, if I let him visit at all, to see how it does on a human victim. My early failed experiments dissolved almost completely once they were sprayed with the pollen, and the plants loved the nutrients. I suppose I will have to put something on the floor before he arrives, or the ground outside the pot will be completely stained by the goo. July 7th. So this morning is a shock. One of my neighbors, I think Frank, broke into my greenhouse and got sprayed by the Mortinacarantum. Poor fool. Nothing much left except some bits of clothing. Stupid, stupid man. I hope that he didn't tell anyone where he was going. Hopefully he was just curious. He buried my wife and first child, and now I'm burying what is left of him. Bethany, Frank's wife, and Janet came over looking for him. I think I dissuaded them well enough, but I'm afraid things might get out of hand. I might have to drug them. Shit. Afternoon paper. Tomazowski's dead. Smashed his head on the shower. And Officer Andy is a hero. Oh, the dots are so close together. What the hell am I going to do without parts? Tomorrow is Sunday. I think I might have to find my own parts. Maybe New York? Lots of homeless children. The thought of acting myself is abhorrent to me. But family comes first. What is the life of a child compared to the life of a god? Fortunately, I won't have to do this much longer. My son, the Adami Bhagavan, is almost mature enough to be released into the world. Soon, the great cleansing will begin. Glorious. I will get Clark to watch the place. He's the man. Y'all can do sanity rolls. <laughs> oh my God. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, fail. Fail? If you failed, do a 1D <laughs> four, except for Bethany. Bethany, you failed. You're going to do a 1D 10. You just found out what happened to your. Here we go. <laughs> All righty. I lost seven. All right. Do an intelligence roll. Okay. Here we go. Intelligence. Past. <laughs> okay. Oh, no. Uh, okay. 1D 8. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Six. Ah, that's very appropriate. Um, you suddenly become convinced all of these people are in on murdering your husband. Um, 
you can act or react the way you, you want to in that case. Did everybody else pass or did somebody pass? I failed. I had four. You I, I, I failed. I lost two. I passed. Oh, okay. If you pass, still take two points. Two. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Makes sense. All right. And you also probably gained some Cthulhu mythos. Um, won't make much difference, but... Um, so you each get five points of Cthulhu mythos after that. All right. And you are all shaken and terrified. Oh, God. My God. My God. Yes. It's a dead thing. Poor Frank. Oh, we've got to kill that thing. Where is it? The basement. What is it? If it's mature, how big is it? It certainly wasn't that that little that head with the arms and the and the and the foot. Don't know. Was that Lucy? That's got to be it. That's got. Well, the the arm that I saw. The arm that Frank and I saw it was clearly the arm that he was attaching to this thing. I think before we head to that basement, <laughs> let me go over that. I, I, I have something a little bit heavier in the house. But Be- Bethany, Bethany, are you okay? I, I mean, oh, Bethany, well, of course I'm so not. sorry. This yes. is. Oh, Jesus. Bethany. She looks, she looks absolutely pale. Oh. And every time, if, any, if anyone reaches out to her and tries to cover her, she just jerks away like don't touch me oh bethany i think maybe you need to go back to the house and lay down i you know what i I might i might do that i i think one of us should call the police right away we need to get a squad out here right away and we also need to get someone to go to um, hunt down um, um, Mr. Corbett. And these are, you know, grab those books. This is evidence. No, you, you need to find that thing, whatever that Adam, Adam, whatever. Right. Yeah. If, if it's in this house now, we, we need, we need to, this sounds like a dangerous thing. Uh, yeah. I've got this, poker i you each of you should grab something to defend yourself with uh, uh andy you have your pistol yeah yeah um clara janet make sure you grab those diaries yeah or journals of course do do what skynet for right andy should i should i call the police and tell them you're requesting assistance at this yes. address okay yes and also put yeah I'll grab an armful of the journals yep. and the poker in the other hand. Excellent. And are you guys then making your way to the basement? Yeah. I guess I'll we stop. Gotta... Wherever I'm... Corbett has the phone, Beth, I'm stopping to call the police. Beth is just staying at the bottom level. Okay. She's sitting down and trying to catch her breath. Okay. Um, whatever you think the equivalent, uh, or do a 1D10. That tells you how many rounds you're afflicted by paranoia. That's uh, ten. Definitely, yeah. Seven. Okay. So you're downstairs terrified of these people. Um, All right. So where the stairs are, there is a little door uh, leading down. Um, uh, When you get... Uh, I assume you guys are going down. Who's going first? 
Uh, me since I have the gun. All right. I'll be right behind him. All right. Uh, you get to the, the 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 stairs go down. There's a little landing, and then there is a door to the right and a door to the left. It's it's just the hallway. Basement is that way. Correct. Well, that's yeah. There's there's two doors. Correct. In the basement. Yes. Which one looks like there's been more traffic through it? Um, both of them look equally. Right. Which one do you think, left or right? Uh, 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 right. All right. Uh, right. Open. Uh, is it locked? Uh, it is not locked. Uh, you open up the door, and there are just inside the door. There are another two steps down uh, into what looked like a utility room. Uh, there's some washing machine with a washing machine and so forth. And you also can see that here is where the, uh, the access to the outside, uh, over to one side, you can see that there's a door that goes to the stairs leading up to the outside. Hmm. Um, there's also boxes and things like that that are down here. Right. Uh, uh, there's a door on the uh, south side which also leads into just more storage. All right. So All right. are any of the boxes big enough to like, I mean, there's no place to hide Frank down here just in no. case. Uh, I guess it's this is the door then. I opened the other door we did not open. Okay. Um, the other door is locked. There is a big fat padlock. Okay, so I, I'll take the, the poker, okay. turn it around, stick it through the, the ring that the padlock's holding on, and then just first pry that with all my might. Okay. Um, do a strength roll. Alrighty. Be careful, Clark. Yes. <laughs> God, what's with the 90s? A 97. Okay. Oh, my the, uh, my you ac accidentally break the poker. Oh, my God. In the process. Easy. You, you put too much leverage onto it and it snaps rather than uh, Jeez. Here, Clark, take my poker. Why don't you give uh, it to Officer Andy? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I, and I pop it. I All right, it you I, pop I, it. Uh, the chain falls open and the, the door is now unlocked. I have my pistol ready. Say, you want uh, to open the door and I'll have my pistol ready. I'll take you just the have to swing it. Let, yeah, yeah. All right. I'll have my shorter piece, like the, the biggest piece of the of the iron poker. I'll still use it. That should still be Billy Club well, length. Well, well, I hand him the one that's still decent. Oh, good. Thank you. All right. And I carefully open the door and I let open up and I have my pistol ready. All right. Um, everybody do listen rolls. Hey, I made it. 35 out of 40. Ooh. Nope. 27. That's a regular. Okay. Those of us upstairs, too, or no? Oh, you're staying upstairs? Oh, I was making a phone call to the police. Oh, that's right. And Beth was... No, yeah, you're upstairs. Okay. But you'll, you'll be down by, by this, since they did the utility room and the laundry. Okay. You've, you've already reached one of them. So, yeah, you can do it as well. Um, 
That's a pass, regular success. Those of you who fail don't notice, but those of you who pass, you notice somewhere way off in the distance, you can hear a motor like an air compressor, you know, that sort of vibration sound, but it doesn't sound close. Um, when you open the door at first, the lights are off, uh, but the lights are right inside the, the door. Uh, you flip them on, and once again, there's two little steps down into the, the room. Uh, this room is obviously a laboratory. Uh, there are uh, tables around the outside edges. There is a large metal sort of plate on the floor in the center of the room. There are large medical lights up above, and there are all kinds of medical instruments um, around. Uh, the place is immaculate, however. It smells of antiseptic. It smells strongly of antiseptic. Um, there is a door in the south, and other than that, there's a closet. And that's it. I think it's the door to the south. Mm, yeah, let's. We'll try that. Okay. Um, go to that door. It's unlocked. Just open it. It's fixed up like a little office. Uh, it's got a desk. Uh, and it's got uh, a lot of medical notes and papers and things like that, medical journals, uh, uh, all, all sorts of things on how to do surgery, but there's nothing else in there. Is, is there, uh, amongst the surgical uh, items, is there any uh, like flammable disinfectant? Oh, well, there's, there's alcohol. Yeah, there's, there's all, all okay. the kinds of things you think. So I'd like to, do I have my little, uh, my little lighter for my pipe on me? Um, sure. Okay. So I'll grab a, uh, a, a bottle of, uh, of that. Okay. Um, you've got a bottle of it. Now, there doesn't seem to be anything else down here, but the, those of you who could hear the sound of the air compressor, there's definitely not an air compressor outside the house. We've been all the way around the house. And there's definitely not an air compressor down here. It sounds like it's a, a distance away or there is a wall or something in between you and the air compressor. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe this creature, uh, maybe, maybe it's, there's, there might be some hidden panel or something around here somewhere. Yeah. I bet you, because this, this thing, he's probably trying to hide. Maybe, maybe he might even be mildly afraid of the thing, it sounds like. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, this is the only door he had padlocked, so maybe the doorway is somewhere from this lab. Let's start knocking on the walls and see if there's something that sounds different. Yeah. All right. Uh, everybody do a spot hidden then. All right. Oh, 
So <gasps> oh, 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 oh. Okay, never mind. A hundred. <laughs> Stream oh, success. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, that's like I ex- was excited seeing the O's, and then they just kept going. <laughs> Clary, you got an extreme success. Yes, but so nine. Good job, Claire. What did you get, Janet? Three. Oh, so you also got an extreme. All right. So as and, and what did you get, uh, Andy? No, I blew it. Oh, and Bethany. Oh, you're upstairs. Um, I, I was upstairs. <laughs> yeah, and I've I've read what you said. Read that part. Okay. Um, all right. So as the men are looking at one end of the room, Clara and Olivia and Janet, uh, you've moved over towards the closet on one side of the room. And as you've gotten closer to the closet, the sound of the air compressor gets a little bit louder. Um, You look inside the closet and there's a couple of medical, um, just white uh, robes to keep your, uh, you push those aside and you can definitely see that this entire back wall inside the closet can, can slide to one side. Um, I think we found something. Clark, Andy, come look at this. Oh, what did you find? Oh, I my. Is, yeah, it's a cast door. Slide it, yeah. False, false back of the closet here. Look at this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's that. I bet you this is it. I mean, he wouldn't go through this much trouble in trying to hide something if this wasn't it. What do you do? Age before beauty. All right. I, are you right, Clark? I think you're one open. of the youngest ones. <laughs> I know I am. I slide <laughs> it open. Uh, yeah, I think we should. Uh, I'm the officer. That it makes sense. I would be. If, if right. we see this thing, we should. I we should break this uh, alcohol on it and and uh, light it. We have no idea what this thing's capable of. All right. So let me describe what happens. You slide the panel uh, to the side, and you're immediately hit by god awful smell. Um, mostly, <sighs> mostly like feces. Um, uh, you're looking into the darkness. It's obviously under the house because you can see the sort of pillars of, that, that hold up the house. Um, it's dark, it's shadowy, and as you're looking in there, um, all of a sudden something moves and um, this sound comes out. Um, It's a mixture of baby cries and growls. And this thing moves into the light ahead of you. And it looks like this. Oh my God. It, uh, it, It comes rumbling on children's feet towards you. It's crying like a baby, like a couple of babies. Um, uh, and uh, you immediately, in horror, recoil from it as it's moving towards you. 
You can see that it seems to have mouths on either end and uh, a large mouth on top. And there's a stream of greenish black feces that's coming from the bottom. And the thing moves quickly towards the door um, as you recoil in horror. And it begins to move out into the laboratory. Um, I'll do sanity things. Oh, oh, I hope I make it. Yeah, I make it too. I made it. I'm con- at least consistent All right. making. If you made oh, it this time, you're gonna roll a one d eight, and if you God. fail, <laughs> you can do a one. You can, let's roll one d twelve if you fail. Oh, geez, that's so not good. Seven. <laughs> oh, seven. Four. Four. Jesus, thank God. Oh, okay. If you if you got more than five, do a um, intelligence roll. Oh, geez. <laughs> if you got a, you got a oh, four, I, I passed that. That's Uh-oh. a hard pass on my intelligence. Passed. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> those of you who got four, you just recoil back and scream in horror as this thing moves into the room. Uh, it's about the size of a, I don't know, a buffalo as it moves in. It's a little bare feet slapping on the floor as it comes in as almost. It, uh, as it's moving out, and it, since I was kind of prepared, can I shoot at it? Uh, yeah, we'll get to that in just yeah, a moment. Yeah, okay, that's what I mean. um, uh, Janet and who who got the fail? Uh, okay, Seven. Janet and Clark. Uh, yeah. Go, go ahead and roll eight, uh, eight sided dice. One. Seven. Oh, Olivia, uh, Janet, you got a one. Uh, you faint uh, for 1d10 rounds. And Clark, what did you get? Seven. Seven. Um, do a 1d4. 1d4. All right. Here's my 1d4. On one d four. Oh, here you are. A one. Okay. Um, you tell me what is the thing that you are most afraid of. Um. Let's see. Uh, we'll go. Uh, we'll we'll go uh, spiders. Okay. So as this thing's moving into the room. You're seeing thousands of spiders. You're basically hallucinating. Thousands of spiders crawling out uh, the wall. Ah. Screaming in hysteria. Janet's rolled, fallen onto the floor. Um, ah. The thing is moving into the room, and Officer Andy, you are going to fire. Do I uh, fire arms? You're almost point blank, though. Yeah, um, that's a hit. All right, roll for damage. Do you believe a 38 is D10? Uh, or is it D8? Uh, 38, revolver, D10. That's right. Um, 10. All right. Uh, uh, you hit the thing, and it screams like a little child that you were shooting. Um, the sound is almost deafening because it's also accompanied by this rumbling, monstrous sort of sound. Its mouths open. You can see they have 
human-like teeth, um, but must be hundreds of them going all the way around it. Um, it it starts to move back towards the hole, um, and it uh, it it's acting like it's in extreme distress. Um, uh, does anybody else want to act? Uh, yeah, I'll take like a, a jab at it with a poker. Okay, uh, go ahead and do a. Let's consider that like a, a club. Okay. Yeah. Oh no, it's fifty-five now. Okay, so you poke at it, but it doesn't seem to have much effect. Mm-hmm. On it. Um, the thing begins writhing around. Uh, Janet, do a luck roll to see if it tramples on you. Oh yeah, no, that's a complete failure. Okay. Sixty-eight out of thirty-five. Um, well, it starts to move towards Janet and. Uh, begins to trample on her. Does anybody want to do anything? Yeah, seeing Janet's like that, I'm going to try to rescue Janet, pick her up in my, pull her away, pick her up in my arms, and let's get out of here. Come on, Clark. Clara, let's go. Yeah, maybe I'll try to, like, rush it, and, like, push it so you can, like, get to Janet and pull her out of the way. Yeah. Do, okay. do I have any presence of mind, or am I in utter panic flight mode? Uh, what, what did you get again? Got, I've, uh, I've got a uh, yeah hallucination with spiders. Would I take my my uh, improvised Molotov cocktail and just try to... Or burn those spiders out. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw it at the base of the where the creature is, toss my lighter on it. And... Okay, do a um, throw roll. All right. Just uh, ah. do a brawl roll. This is a brawl roll, okay. Uh, oh wow, that is better. Thirty-seven. Yeah, that's a hit. Okay. Uh, so that's also got splash damage. Um, you hit it, you light it on fire, and suddenly the thing is in flames. Uh, Andy and Clara have grabbed uh, Olivia. Um, what are you going to do? The thing is, it's how. I'm. I say we need to get out. She's get out, out of here. Yeah, go, go, come on. Clark. Shoot it, Andy. Shoot it. No, like dragging. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. If I can drag her, I'm gonna with the other hand fire. All right. Unless I need both hands to carry Olivia. Well, you kind of do, but you guys yeah, get to okay. the top of the stairs, and I like you all to do um, spot hiddens. Re- regular success. Okay. Yeah, regular success. All right. Regular. Um, so the three of you, as you get to the top of the stairs, you can smell gas. And as you look over, you see that the stove, that the oven has been left wide open and the gas is pouring in and the, the front door is open or the back door is open. And while well, the flames are coming up and they'll, be there in a moment. Uh, just as you clear the back door, um, there is a whoosh as the gas catches and the windows blow out of the house and flames shoot into the air. But you can also see that the greenhouse is already on fire. And um, you see Bethany standing there looking at it like, you know, 
so much for your your craziness, but she's also starting to come to her senses at this point. You almost killed us, Beth. Um, at that point, the police show up, um, and the police very very quickly call fire department. Um, the place is in flames, and um, the whole. I mean, this is your neighborhood, so you all are kind of. Uh, what do you want to tell the police and the uh, fire department? You guys have time to make up a story. Right, right, right. We have the final journal that kind of details. Frank's, right. although, I mean, he could just claim that was fiction. But, I mean, that's what we say. Like, Frank had gone missing. Beth can collaborate that and, and cooperate yeah. that. And yeah, but with everything maybe. burnt up, no one's going to believe those journals. That, that's going to seem like a far-fetched story. That's true. No, but I can connect it to Tom Zuski because of the basket. And, you know, we, you know. He does mention Tomaszewski in the so journal. Zuzowski, so I think he was, I could say he was connected to a, the satanic cult. He left and we were concerned about Frank. Here. We were worried about Frank because he was missing. We came to look and Mr. Corbett gave you the key, Clark, to, to maintain his yeah. home. Right. It, yeah, so we can make a thing up over it. Uh, Frank, uh, Fra uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Corbett killed Frank exposed the body and took off and realizing we would find out soon enough where I'd read the newspaper and it's in that last journal that he was worried that I was on to him. All right. Into New York to kill more people possibly mm -hmm. or get more parts. Yeah. Yeah. Tie, tie him in with the jackal. Like it was all part yeah. of some kind of satanic cult. So this is how the end of our story comes. Um, the first thing that happens, this is this is right afterwards. Um, uh, you are there uh, with the fire. They ask you all these questions. And eventually you just return to your homes and watch the place burn. Um, uh, Officer Andy, you've put out an APB for Mr. Corbett. But they don't find him immediately. Pretty much all the cars look the same, and it's New York City. But he's probably coming back. And in fact, he does come back on Sunday. Uh, but before that happens, um, that afternoon, um, as you are... Uh, as the house is burnt to the ground and the police are investigating, the cops are there, you notice two gentlemen dressed in regular, rather good clothing um, that have somehow joined the police and they're standing on the sidewalk or I don't know that there is a sidewalk. They're standing in the street looking at the aftermath of what's going on. And you guys are kind of mingling around watching. And you hear one of them uh, say to the other one, uh, I think that it's it was trying to create a bridge, but we can't be sure. 
And the other one says, what do you think that we should do? The other one says, be vigilant. Uh, and you, you guys can both do, um, or you can all do, uh, say, um, intelligence rolls. Extreme success. Out of six. Hard success. Hard. One of Hard. them, well, those of you who, who know, one of them is definitely uh, Henry Armitage, the head librarian at Miskatonic University. And the other one is, I uh, believe, believe he's a medical doctor uh, from the hospital. His name is uh, Theodore Hewitt. Um, and they're, they're discussing this together. Do any of you want to walk up and say anything to them? Yeah, I mean, I work at Miskatonic, so I'll, you know, it's a terrible shame what's happened with Mr. Corbett's place. Oh, Miss Shaw. Uh, yes. Uh, yes, terrible shame. Um, Dr. Shaw, um, did you see or experiencing anything unusual before the fire? Yes. Mr. Corbett was clearly doing some medical experimentations in his basement. It was very mm. disturbing. Mm. Um, well, anything uh, more unusual than that? I, if I have, do we still have the journal? Did we submit that to evidence? You know, you haven't submitted it yet. You have it. I think this journal explains a lot about what Mr. Corbett was trying to do. Mm. And it was not run of the mill medical experimentation. He picked up some strange beliefs while traveling in the Far East. Your, uh, your neighbors, were they involved at all? Yes. <laughs> They're aware as well. Well, um, let me give you my card. This Mr. Hewitt gives you this. Let me give you my card. Uh, I belong to a group where the um, Arcane Society, the, uh, uh, we're kind of uh, unusual investigators. Um, I'd like to maybe have a chat with each of you at some point in the next week or so. Um, okay. And that's that's what happens there. Uh, ultimately, you guys are all all sort of vetted or judged to see whether you should join the Arcane Society as members of the Inner Circle, having known, seen some very strange shit. Um, Mr. Corbett comes home the next day and almost crashes his car when he comes around the corner and sees what has happened. Um, the police are waiting for him. Uh, he doesn't really pay any attention to the police. He comes leaping out of his car. Uh, he runs towards the rubble, falls down onto his knees, and sobbing in tears, um, screaming, you know, my son, my son, my son, what have you done? My, my, my son. Not again, you know, and uh, 
they end up taking him away to the, the nut house because he completely has a breakdown. He's completely insane. Um, but over the course of years, they managed to kind of bring him back to normalcy. And he doesn't really remember a lot of what was going on. And that's the end of our story. Excellent. Excellent. Wow. You guys did really well. You guys have any, uh, guys have any questions? I was, was just going to say, info. I was... I was really hesitant to tell them we were all involved in it because I thought for sure yeah. we were just going to be killed or like whisked away somewhere never <laughs> to be seen again. I was like, oh, do I throw my friends under the bus too? <laughs> yeah, you do. Or, or we hear later on that Bethany Adams got a, a job at the local sanitarium and something happened to Mr. Corbett. Oh, poor dear Mr. Corbett. <laughs> oh, um. He so the plant stairs, poor man. <laughs> so the plant was just some it's something interesting he had found in the in the far east. Oh, outside actually time it was, oh no, no, that's right. That was right. right. It was from outer space. It was actually given to him as a gift by Rama Sekla. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was a carnivorous plant. Oh, and he himself had to be extremely careful around it. Um right. if you're if you're if you're near it for more than 15 minutes, then it starts to track you. And um uh frank was digging around in its roots and he just kept working on it and playing with it and stuff like that and the thing was getting close i kept having him do you know spot hiddens and things and he kept failing and ah. they were like literally right over his head oh. and then they just sprayed him with, with their palm i bet it was very cinematic <laughs> um it was most very gruesome most of the plants uh in his greenhouse, he used them to create various kinds of drugs, uh, mm -hmm. including Soma, which is the ancient mystical uh, drink that uh, people believe they would send to see the gods mm -hmm. um, in the Hindu mythology. Yeah. Um, yeah. And see, I, it was an, it's an interesting, interesting game because you play Mr. Corbett as a sympathetic character, he's not completely in his right mind and he's lost so much and he's convinced himself that this is his son, even though it's really a monstrous thing. Mm -hmm. And it's just such a great one because he's it's good it was really yeah. good tom now it's there were so many uh, we'll talk about that afterwards but I'll, I'll i'll tell you in a second let me go ahead and finish it up our players included holly buto stephanie mann oren meyer uh jeff beck and Stuart lively with myself as the keeper of the secrets we have a discord server where you can chat with our other members you can set up private games and you can learn the finer arts of gameplay and game mastery there's a link below we provide audio-only versions of our shows, free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. The costs involved with the show are provided almost entirely by our patrons. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. If you'd also like to help support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. You can find a link in the description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure in the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck, good game.